warning, pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 263. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat, but it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Drop by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three, two, 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 one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the leftovers. leftovers. All right. Yeah, Jake. Welcome back to another week. 263. 263, inching up to 300. Yeah, we are getting there slowly but surely. The weeks are just going by. I'm I'm looking forward to 300. Yeah, it should be great. That's where we have the big Spartan attack, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is Sparta. <laughs> yeah, then we kick Neil, our guest, down into a gigantic Jessica... Baby well. <laughs> Hi. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> what an intro. Yeah, that was that was that was a good one. Remember remember baby Jessica? No. In the well? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Nation was captivated by a little baby in a well. I was captivated by a baby in a well. How long was she down there? It was quite a while, it, wasn't it? It felt like it was forever, man. Like, dude, it, it was did. Like everything in the world just stopped. This little girl walking around. You know how little kids walk stumbling around with their little baby feet <laughs> kind of like deadpool and once upon a deadpool with the baby <laughs> feet you know stumbling around and she goes through a well didn't she have one foot down one foot straight up jake yeah i that i don't remember she was yeah. gonna make me google baby jessica <laughs> okay um but yeah i think she i think throughout that entire ordeal of that little girl being down in that well she only lost a little pinky toe is that what they call them the little pinky toe the little baby toe yeah, the pinky toe. Pinky 1987, toe. this happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I definitely don't remember that. I was four. I was, I, 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 I was, I was nine and terrified of wells. <laughs> <laughs> With good reason. Yeah, yes, yeah, definitely. Didn't they do like a comedy song on like SNL or something about saving the baby from the well? I don't remember that. 
oh gosh this, that might be a, like a mandela effect memory yeah possibly hey guess what jake i have no guess uh the discover pods awards the results came out oh really did we win all the awards we we got second place runner-up in the discover pods awards there were I want to thank everybody for voting. Uh, in the entertainment category for Pop Culture Leftovers, there are over 10,000 votes that were collected, and we came in second. So the Leftover Army came in pretty hot, man. I, I, I think that's, that's pretty good. We beat out uh, Doug Benson. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that's super commendable to get second place. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm proud of our listeners. Go Army. I, vo- I voted uh, five times. Did you really? Yeah, I have five different email accounts, so <laughs> yeah. I was able to vote one for each one. <laughs> I, I hope no nobody... pop culture leftovers, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hope yes, no, yes. I, I, I hope nobody from Discover Pods is listening because it so, sounds like Neil just uh, admitted to rigging it. So <laughs> uh, we've been disqualified. They strip us of our runner-up title, Jake. <laughs> oh man, Doug Benson's going to be happy to hear this news. Yeah, he is. I, I bet he doesn't even know this fucking thing was going on. You know. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, yeah, we're going to get into our iTunes reviews this week. How's that sound, gentlemen? Great. Let's do it. It's one star five. We don't give a fuck because we really love to hear just how much we suck. Guys, Chris Dumas and your host is a jerk. I'm an opinionated asshole whose dick don't work. Yada, yada, blah, blah, fuck you too. These are our iTunes reviews. Uh, as you guys know, my iTunes is all messed up this week so i'm i'm only seeing one i know that there were at least two next week i'll read the other one if it pops back up but this one comes from uh, mud ms 84 or maybe mud miss mud mississippi 84 jake possibly yeah that would make sense right mississippi's known for being muddy yes that is uh i definitely seen that be an answer on a trivia game show once or twice possibly <laughs> What is Mississippi known for? The Mississippi mud. <laughs> the mud state. The mud state. Here. Yeah. Sh- yeah. Uh, I was going to say the show me mud state. Um, <laughs> it's stupid. Um, it's titled Cassis upon Cassis. It's spelled correctus. They spelled it K-E-C-I-S, which is the correct spelling of Cassis. This was uh, something that was talked about last episode. It was a typo from another listener typing in a Podbean review. And Mud Mississippi 84 goes on to say, just wanted to let everyone out there know. If you need a Cassis fix, this is the podcast for you. Just bang that last bit of Cassis into your arm. Tune in. Your stripper girlfriend named Cassis leave you and your dog and take your dog with her. Tune in. I just wanted to make sure all my Cassis brothers and sisters out there find their fix. It's hard out here without our beloved Cassis. Hashtag Cassis forever. Jake, critique yeah. it. Critique it. Here you go. This is, I, take, I, take, I think he kind of drove that joke into the ground here, right? <laughs> there you go. That's Jake. Classic Jake. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was very much like an SNL sketch. Like It was slightly funny the first line, but then by the fifth Cassis joke, it was like, hmm, I this say, can end any time. Hey, I... I'm going to go. He committed to it. He or she committed to it. And you know what? They didn't let up. And I'm going to give it. You're like the Simon Cowell of these goddamn iTunes reviews, Jake. (laughs) 
Yeah, it, it takes a lot to please me. It you really have to does. really like give me some kind of heartwarming story or something for me to like even pretend to like it. Yeah, I know. I just went on too long about. It. So one line of Kessis and you're good. That's it. Just yeah, I line? didn't even think it was funny at first, and then it like happens like five more times. So I don't know. yeah, I don't, it's a five star review from this person. Does that help a little bit? I, I mean, I like that part. No complaints there. All right. So. Neil, any I don't see who who's he attracting with this review too. Like this review is if it's funny at all, it's only funny to people that already listen to the show. So oh. it's a completely worthless review in that regard. Yeah, that's a that's a valid point. That's basically yeah, this is like inside baseball bullshit, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody the people are like, what the fuck? I don't know if I were to listen to this show. Their listeners are <laughs> morons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if I if I was looking for a pop culture podcast right. and this was the top review, I would move on to the next one. Oh God, yes, yeah, That's definitely a valid point. Yeah, this is definitely <laughs> this is definitely a listenership detractor right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm almost ashamed that this person listens at this point, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't I don't want to scare people away from leaving reviews, though. I don't want to I don't want to start not being able to shit on these things yeah yeah okay <laughs> no i thank you for the five star i appreciate it that was all just for comedic relief neil any thoughts on the old Cassis review <laughs> <laughs> sure uh it definitely stomped the Cassis joke into the ground and stuck its foot on its neck <laughs> it was a Cassis curb stop <laughs> <laughs> like an American History X with the teeth clinking on the curb. American History Cassis. Oh my god, the first time I saw that movie, that just rattled oh. me. That just rattled yeah. the fuck out of me, man. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, I think I had a like a trigger warning for it. Like I knew about the infamous curb stomp before I saw the movie. Yeah, my, it was like my, one of my ex-girlfriends, we were watching it together, and she was like, oh, you've never seen it? And I was like, no. She's like, Edward Norton's a badass in this one. And I'm like, what, that guy? And she's like, yeah. And then we watched it, and I was like, holy fucking shit. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. He he was, he was got so jacked for that film. He hated Jeez. Yeah, it's hard to believe it's even him. Uh, it is. An incredible performance. What's the other movie that I like him in? Primal Fear. Oh, my God. No, I'm a Fight Club fanatic. Oh, I love Fight Club. But, man, Primal Fear, I think it's very an, an underrated performance for Edward Norton. I thought he was fantastic in that. Richard Gere, great movie. Go watch it, people. <laughs> I, also, I also love Death to Smoochie. Oh, I love that movie. Yes. That, that is such a great movie, Jake. <laughs> It's, I, when I think of Ed Norton movies, that's like one of the top five I think of all every oh, time. Oh my god, Robin Williams and Edward Norton—that is such a, just such dark comedy, man. I love that fucking movie. It, it yeah, it's reminds, good. It's oh, it's really aged like a fine wine too. Like it's even better now than it was when it first came out. Yeah, honestly. I've looked for it streaming somewhere and I haven't been able to find it. And this was probably six months ago or so that I was looking for it. I have to check again. But man, that is a fantastic film man yeah <laughs> it's it's like cable guy where it, it, you don't appreciate it when it comes out but it, it definitely it still resonates and is not aged out of its time period yeah i see that's one i gotta watch i didn't really like that one the first time neil neither did i but i was a child when i saw it the first yeah, time okay. <laughs> when now, i was an adult i was able to appreciate it more yeah you know what movie? oh yeah cable guy is fantastic you know what movie i didn't like the first time i watched it and then i watched it again and absolutely thought it was brilliant anchorman right yeah 
I was the same way. I, I, and now I, it's I, one of my favorite fucking comedies ever. And it's so quotable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hey, th- yeah. go ahead, Jake. What you got? Uh, I've never got past the first viewing of Anchorman. So maybe I, maybe I need to revisit it. I yes, would. you do. I would. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got, we, we do have, what do we got here for Podbean? Do we got some for Podbean? We got our Podbean stuff? I'm all talking to myself over here. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to hear the, the bumper, don't you? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'm burnt out on the bumper. Everybody else leaves us these reviews so they can hear the damn thing. So that's basically where we're at with the old flick the bean. It's time, for, it's time to flick the bean, people. Oh, God. Oh, oh yeah, right there. Oh my god! That the ending on that, I, you know, it was one of the, one of those things, Jake. When I was editing it, I was like, "Where am I going to stop this one? Am I going to stop it?" I'm like, "No, I'm going to stop it where she says I'm going to come. That I'm going to go there. I'm not going to stop before that. I want to get that out." There was a lot. There was a creative process going along with what I was doing <laughs> with that bumper, Jake. You know, you know what I mean. You've got Spielberg, and there's like and Scorsese. You know, and I'm, I, and yes, I'm I'm comparing myself to them at this moment. I, you know, like they have their own creative process, and this was like my creative process. This was my journey with that bumper. And there was one, there was an earlier cut that didn't that didn't make it. It's on the cutting room floor where we where people don't get to hear her talking about that moment where she's about to climax. Yeah, what's the point of even doing it if you're not gonna if you're not gonna include that moment? I know, I know. It's like, why pull back? Why pull back? And I was like, you know what? I'm going for it. I'm doing it. I, you know what? She's going there. We're going there together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, if anything, I would vote for the whole thing to be even sixty seconds longer as is. <laughs> uh, why don't we just play? Why don't we just get on here and play porno for the for four hours? An improvement. I feel like it's one of those things that it does it does start to get funnier at about the thirty second mark. And yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's not like that Kessis review that we just got. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Like that. That never like well the pod bean starts funny and then it's like whoa and then it gets really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like in 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 Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, it's the yarrow fruit that never gets ripe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, the Kessis is like flatliners, but you never come back from it. I think there was somebody in the leftover army Facebook page who found which porno that was from, and it was a Grinch parody. Oh really? I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, that I, is super creepy, right? Wow! <laughs> Can you imagine listening to the Pod Beam <laughs> intro and going, "I know this movie." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think you can pull up the Shazam app and find out which porn stuff is from? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to edit that out and invent that app. <laughs> mm. I know that moan. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what do we got here? What do we got? We got uh, what do we got? Some Podbean here. Yeah, uh, D-Man 1991 just will not go away. He's the Kessis guy. He's just he's back for oh, more. I know it's it, people get a little taste of us reading their stuff on here, and they're like, "Oh, it's so fun and interactive." I'm gonna do it again. So D-Man 1991 says again to the fucking twitty twittering mother 
douche dicking hosts of PCL. Man, we have such such a such a great group of <laughs> listeners, don't we, Jake? Just intellectually. This guy sounds like a real charmer. Yeah, he does. What? It is just intellectuals listening. Uh, I bid you fuckers a happy hello and happy holidays. It's your boy D. Rogers, nineteen ninety one again, Orchestus, and he spells it wrong. Like he's the guy <laughs> who spelled it right the first time, K E C I S, and then uh, now he spells it Kessus, like K E S U S, like Jesus, replaced the J with a K. Or in some regions, it's pronounced Jesus, excuse me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, uh, anyway, uh, D. Rogers, <laughs> D. Rogers, 1991, again, or Kessis, as is now known, uh, Soldier 69, a.k.a. Kessis. I did the Thanos snap. It was... All my doing. So I don't understand you as a person, sir. But thank you for that. Oh, man. I, I couldn't concentrate on any of that after you managed to make a Kessis joke funny. <laughs> no! I did it. I did it. I, I bowed down to you. That was – I did not – you did, You made the impossible possible there. <laughs> you definitely broke me a little bit. <laughs> uh, this next one comes from J.C. Blignant or J.C. Blignot. 2011. <laughs> JC Blignot 2011. Uh, hey guys, keep up the good work. Lots of love from South Africa. P.S. Bryant, you are my indicator as to how deep we are into the episode. The drunker you sound, the closer we are to the end of the episode. And then I get the laughing to tears emoji guy. Hmm. Hmm. Glad he found it funny. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should get really, really drunk to begin with. Yeah, really fuck this guy up. He'll uh, be like, oh shit, it's going to be like a 30 second episode. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> oh man. Ah, those are pod beans, people. That's what we do. What are we doing now? What do I got? Uh, oh yeah, we got a, we got a website comment. Uh, let's see, this is from the website. Brian, Jake, and crew, they didn't leave a name. They left an email address, but I'm not going to read their email live on the air here, people. Brian and Jake and crew, I just have to tell you what a joy you all are to listen to every week. Your self-deprecating humor has me laughing out loud at work. My coworkers already think I'm special, so it's all good. Just wanted you to know that you reach a very diverse audience. I'm a 42-year-old woman from the Caribbean, and you all have me hooked. Thanks for taking the time out of your lives to entertain us. Take care. That comes from someone in the – is it Caribbean or Caribbean? What do you say? What do you guys – tomato, tomato? I, I think it's either or. Vase Vaz. I, I always went Caribbean, but it, it is, again, it's like tomato, tomato, potato, potato sort of thing. What's that? What's that song? Caribbean queen, now we're sharing the same dream. You know, you know what I'm talking about? What? You know, I, I know what song you're talking about. Caribbean queen. It's not. Yeah. It's not Caribbean Queen. So I'm gonna go. Who sings that song, Jake? Who sings Caribbean Queen? Oh, give me a second. I'll find out. Now I gotta spell Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> Caribbean Queen. What the fuck is Caribbean Blue? I never heard of that song. That's a porno, Jake. <laughs> that's about a that's about a forty two year old woman from the Caribbean that blows guys all day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, there's like eight thousand of them on my Spotify. So this was a this was not a good quest. That's why you go. That's why you Google. You don't go to it is, Spotify. This is why I Google. Yeah. What do you do? You go to Google. Google? I gave you the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean. What a perfect name. I love Billy Ocean, by the way. Yeah, what are Billy Ocean's other big hits? I feel like he's got some real bangers. Well, didn't he do that one song where it's uh, uh, he driving? He's in that car, that sports car. He's got the top the, driving around. What's this? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> That sounds like 800 videos. It does. I, I can't think. I, I can't think of it now. I got so much pressure right now. Ah, uh, Jesus Queen, now Jesus Queen, Jesus. Yeah, fuck you, Jesus. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Hey guys, I don't have a. I I kind of got a Michael Cannon mashup. Um, uh, let's see here, but I I wonder. I got one from Jacob Harmon. On Twitter and Jacob Harmon uh, at PC Leftovers, I would like to submit a Michael Cannon mashup. Uh, I asked people not to, but I love Jacob, so I'm going to let him go ahead and do it. I, <laughs> I, I love the guy; he's great. Go listen to great. Brute Force and Ignorance, the D and D podcast. Those guys are fantastic. Uh, a giant ape is brought from his home to New York. After seeing how bad humans can be, he relocates to Maine and writes horror books. Stephen King Kong. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Hard to stay reclusive when you're Stephen King Kong. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> yeah, I like that one a lot. So thank you, Jacob. I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, bow, 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 bow. What do we got here? Oh, my Michael Cannon mashup. Not really a mashup, just something that popped into my head and I thought was cute and funny and I wanted to tell everybody about it. Thanos, you know, he did the snap. He wanted to get everything all perfectly balanced, as he said, in the Infinity War film. Correct? Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. All right. How about this? And I think it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's called Perfectly Balanced, and it's Thanos holding two kittens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Thanos <laughs> needs kittens. His, I, his image concern would really be about that. I think people associate him with death. And genocide. Imagine, would help. I want you to think about this. We all watched Infinity War. I would hope that 99% of the people listening to this podcast right now have watched Infinity War. Jake, that movie sees Thanos snap, and we know from the last trailer it was confirmed 50% of all living life on the planet had been taken in the decimation. Jake, crazy cat ladies lost 50% of their cats. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a good thing like i still feel sorry for the cats <laughs> but i mean i'm sure the house will smell better maybe there'll be less of you know the cats like chemicals making them insane so probably for the better uh, you know i would love to see a cameo of like the russos in the movie and one of them gets snapped up Ooh. that would be funny so that would be hilarious, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not a bad cameo spot for them at all. Have the Russos done a cameo in any of these movies? No, not to my knowledge. I, they may have, but I, I don't know. Uh, do, who's going to be, now that Stan, rest in peace, Stan, now that Stan's gone, who's going to be the new face of Marvel? It's not like, I don't think they're going to be throwing like Joe Quesada out there. Who's going to be the new face of Marvel, Jake? Kevin Feige. Yeah, I just don't think they should do something like that, like a reoccurring cameo spot. They should just stop it with that. Like, oh, I would, 
They could do Deadpool. Just popping in everywhere. They could do. I I like what Deadpool uh, once a, like uh, Deadpool two did with uh, Stan Lee on the the graffiti on the wall. Just right. Like yeah. A, yeah. Like that too. I really like that. Did you notice in the new one the what difference? They did? Yeah. 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 We'll talk about that later. Hey, uh, Jake. I want to thank somebody this week. I want to thank one of our listeners that reached out to us, gave us a uh, fantastic, uh, very generous donation. I want to thank Michael. Uh, I don't know if he wants to give out his last name. I'll just thank him. His name is Michael, and he reached out to us, and uh, he's just been a um, just a great dude. I, I got the pleasure of speaking to him a couple times now. Got to talk not, not not only talk about his amazing donation, but the we got to talk a lot about pop culture. Uh, he's a Rocky fan, so anybody that's a Rocky fan, love talking to about Rocky. We talked about Rocky Four. We talked about Creed Two. Just a fantastic guy. So I want to. Wish him a uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff, and thank him from the bottom of our hearts. Yeah, happy holidays, Michael. I, you know, I really appreciate it too. It, you know, very nice of you to do that kind of thing. So, yeah, thank you. You know, we don't we don't ever really ask or panhandle or do anything like that. So we really appreciate it. You know, we, uh, you know, we're not in this for the money. We do the podcast because we love doing the show. So we did it all. For nice. the, we did it all for the nookie. Oh, man. You know, I just read an article <laughs> talking about um, what songs will be 20 years old next year. And that was one of the ones on the list. And I was oh, just like, shaking my head. Nookie is 20 years old next year. Oh, my wow. gosh. Fucking limp biscuit people. They just kind of like dropped off the plane. Hey, didn't one of those guys like turn all Christian? Uh, I thought that was ICP. I thought really? one. Of, I thought one you, of the. I thought one of the. Hey, Google it, Jake. Don't go to Spotify. Um, <laughs> anyway, how, how are we doing up there? Twenty-three minutes, no content, people. Actually, we brought a little bit of content. We talked about Death to Smoochie and a little bit of Fight Club and Primal Fear and some Edward Norton cho- choice select films. <laughs> Baby Jessica, 56 hours in the well, by the way. Holy shit, 56 hours in the well. That sounds like a song, doesn't it? 56 hours in the well or something like that. <laughs> like, like, like some country singer. You know what I mean? Like Alan Taylor Shepard or something. I don't know. I don't, don't they, they should have like a uh, country singer name generator because they all have names like that. Alan Taylor Shepard Grant uh, Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> shepherds yeah, going he's, on over there. His, his family was real redundant with the sh- you, the overuse of the word shepherd. Uh, <laughs> oh man! I think so, uh, we can probably drag this another fifteen minutes. No content, easy, right? Oh fuck yeah, dude! I can ramble on if you want me to. Anyway, you know, I think we're go- I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into our good pop band pop segment. And I just want to start off with a couple things real quick. We are going to be talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I hopefully have somebody special coming on uh, to the podcast to join us for that segment. But real quick, I wanted to talk. I watched Nailed It, the holiday edition, on Netflix. Anybody else get a chance to see uh, uh, Nicole Byer come back and do some uh, crazy, watch people make crazy baking pastries and confections? Uh, I've watched two episodes, I believe, now. I have not. Yeah. Got deep into the DC universe. I signed up for it. There you go. There you go. Nice. Awesome. Good deal. Uh, yeah, I've watched it. I love it. It's a Tupperware. Uh, I love Nicole Byer. She just puts me in a great mood. I, you know, it just 
it's just a fantastic and fun show where people uh, they try to recreate these very elaborate uh, like cake designs, cake pops, cookies, uh, and they and they you know each one of them is kind of like a, basically like a sculpture, and they try to recreate it using uh, the the recipes. Um, Jake, do you think that they allot enough time for these people to do it? Uh, that's an interesting question, right? If, if like they purposely kind of haste the thing to make it a little bit shittier, I think I don't know. Like I remember from the first season, I could be wrong, but it felt like they used around the same time that they gave like the pros to do it. Hmm. Mm, that would that would that would make sense. And like if you you see Ramsey next to the contestants on his kind of shows, and you, you get the stuff done in like half the time, yeah. so that would definitely explain ordinary yeah. people having pro time while they're making it look so good. I mean, whatever the production recipe is, though, it's working. I'm, I'm not complaining about it. Oh, I love it. It's great. Uh, Jason Mansukas was a guest this season, everybody. Oh, nice. Yes, and he is so fucking hilarious in this. You know, I started off being a big fan of his through watching The League, and we've just kind of seen like this guy go on and do more and more and more and more, and he's hilarious. Uh, he's in this. He's, he gets the cameraman laughing so hard in this episode. It's so good. <laughs> was that the one Rebecca was talking about last week? Yeah, I believe it was. I I didn't know if that she was talking about that on the air, but yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely that one. It's really good. Uh, also, want to let everybody know that uh, Escape at Danamora on Showtime, the Guillermo del Toro, Paul Dano, Patricia Arquette show, continues to be a uh, Jake. I was at a high taste. I'm at Tupperware now. This continues to be a Tupperware from episode two on. It is just amazing. I I have fallen in love with this show. One of the things about this show, though, that I've kind of like gotten numb to and used to, which is fucked up, is just these guys like fucking the shit out of Patricia Arquette every episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of like what this was, was these guys escaping from this prison, using this woman to help them escape. She worked there and uh, she was having sexual intercourse with these guys and they do not shy away from that. There's literally two to three scenes of these guys just going to town on Patricia Arquette every episode. I've kind of become numb to it. And yeah, so it's, uh, it's just, <laughs> it's like your PC wallpaper at this point, right? It's just expected. Yeah. It's just part of the show. <laughs> so, Oh, also I finished kidding on Showtime with Jim Carrey a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, nine episode season. I believe Jake, this was an absolute Tupperware for me. I, I love kidding. I love the, each intro is completely different and takes you off guard. Jim Carrey's performance is fantastic. Love Catherine, uh, Catherine Keener in the show. She is great. It's just a, just an amazing show. I love kidding on Showtime. So Showtime, even with Halo, not <laughs> looking like it's going to be something special, uh, <laughs> this show is. This show is. There are reasons to get a Showtime subscription. Yeah, they had a pretty good year with original programming. Hopefully they can keep it up strong in 2019, even with the, the Halo debacle going on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I've still not watched past the uh, first episode of Escape. Uh, how many more episodes of that is left? I think it's like a seven to eight. I think it's seven. I could be wrong, but I think it's like a seven to eight um, episode mini series, like a limited series. And uh, I'm through, I believe, episode five or six, whatever the last one. And there's a new one coming out tonight. But my God, 
this show is just so fucking incredible. It is so good. And yeah, it was fantastic. I, I Tupperware that pilot myself, so I, I can't yeah. wait to dive back into this world. Oh, you'll love it. If you Tupperware the pilot, you're going to continue to love what's going on in this show. Benicio Del Toro just kind of like... And Patricia Arquette is just great. She is just great. So I, after this is all wrapped up, I'm going to look up the real story and kind of like see like how it uh, differs and everything. But I did look up like what the guys looked like and uh, what the real woman looked like. They, they, they've done a great job with casting. Paul Dano looks like the guy. Benicio Del Toro looks kind of like the dude. But Patricia Arquette looks like almost dead on like the real woman in this whole debacle. Oh, interesting. I never even thought to do that. I'll have to do the same and look at the real-life counterparts. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, That's cool. Hey, can I blab about Nailed It some more with you? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> oh, man, I, I saw the episode with uh, Chelsea Peretti, who I love. She's so good. I, Oh, man. I was yeah. rolling at the contestant that was doing the uh, cat song as uh, he was making his thing. Cat goes, and just meow, how meow, much meow. the judges were cracking up at that. Yeah, that was good. That guy, he brought a lot of personality. I like that. Yeah, he was a great contestant. And, yeah. Oh, man. The host of that show is just so great. Like, hopefully this goes away, like, no time soon. And they really seem to be pretty ferocious putting out new episodes of this. It feels like since it started, they've had – this is like the third wave of episodes in a six-month period. Yeah, it really is. They, they, this is the third uh, installment of the show in what feels like a year. And here's the thing. The last episode on this one, it's not a bake-off. It's basically – uh, a craft challenge so they're 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 making uh christmas ornaments and um i think it's a backdoor pilot to a possible new craft show with nicole Bayer because they didn't bring jacques because jacques is their you know ex expert when it comes to the buttercream and the pastry <laughs> buttercream i love the way that man says buttercream but yeah it, they brought on like a different co-host for that one and uh, I'm about halfway through that one. And uh, if that is a backdoor pilot for like a new arts and crafts edition, I'm all for it because it was it's fun. It's just a fun show. So do you think they're going to do like a whole nailed it extended universe sort of thing where there's a bunch of different <laughs> building shows like, that Nicole Byers hosts and is amazing on? Yeah, I think Nick Fury is going to show up at the end of one of these. <laughs> episodes <laughs> and talk to her about the, amazing, yeah it'd be awesome she's going to talk to her about the bedazzling initiative where they, <laughs> where they bedazzle denim jackets for a another show I, yeah i i don't know I, I i do think that they are going to be doing arts and crafts i i hope it doesn't go past that i don't know i mean what i don't know what else could they do besides <laughs> i don't i don't Did know it? yeah crocheting landscaping <laughs> <laughs> yes, sighting. Yeah. <laughs> so. Picturing Nicole Byers with some aluminum sighting. <laughs> she is. She is just so great. I I love her. I would love to just like. Uh, I would love to get drunk with her. Just fucking drink. Fuck some, yeah. Yeah. Just fucking drink margaritas and get drunk with her and and Jacques and. I don't know. Just I would I yeah, I would just like oh Jacques, anytime Jacques would talk, I'd tell everybody else to <laughs> shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. I gotta listen to this guy. Buttercream. Oh my god. Amazing. Hey, Neil, me and you yeah. both should have gone. I did. I saw Once Upon a Deadpool. Did you see Once Upon a Deadpool? I did. 
And I want to know your thoughts on Once Upon a Deadpool. This is the newly released uh, Deadpool 2 cut where they've, uh, it's, we've got Fred Savage. And Fred Savage is in there doing the Princess Bride bit. And uh, it's their attempt at PG-13. And also a great cause because they gave a dollar for each ticket sale, sold uh, away to charity, which is fantastic. But I want to know what you thought about uh, Once Upon a Deadpool. Well, uh, I Tupperware all the Fred Savage little vignettes and also the uh, the final post credits scene. Yeah, or uh, tribute. Yeah, that was amazing. And, was. and the Fred Savage, the Fred Savage stuff with him and Ryan Reynolds was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, I didn't think it worked. It was really choppy to me. And maybe if I hadn't seen Deadpool two, it would have worked better for me. But because I'd already seen it and I knew it was missing, it it just didn't work for me overall. And the ADR with the voiceover was really weird sounding to me. Like it, it, it didn't match up all the whole way through. Uh, I'll give the whole thing a taste it because of the Fred Savage and the uh, the tribute at the end and the, the, the charity. But as a whole it just it didn't work for me and i I found myself while i was watching it just (laughs) waiting for the deadpool movie stuff to get get over with and just Mm. get to the next fred savage bit i am 100 percent right there with you it just did not work for me the fred savage stuff is great he is hilarious i would watch a show of the two of them yes Yes. beautiful absolutely 100 percent it just they left out some stuff from the movie that I felt should have still been in there, but I understand for time purposes. Mm-hmm. I did appreciate it's not just a blend of new Fred Savage and Ryan Reynolds scenes. They actually, you know, the different deaths. Right. They right. they included some of those deleted scenes, right? And so we get we yeah, did the, get like the polar bear and yes, the up the scenes. up scene. Yeah, they did include those. But when you take out the violence Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for me. And yeah, and totally. this really kind of proved to me that in order to have the best Deadpool, you've got to make it that rated R. And I, I know that there's the argument that you could make a PG-13 Deadpool. I think you can. I just don't think that you're going to get the you're going to get the frenzy that you get when you get the R stuff. I think that's what people have become accustomed to. And that's what people want. Right. And like I think we talked about this last time I was on and uh, we were talking about this coming out and we made that we, we thought that this was maybe a, a ploy by Ryan Reynolds and the writing crew that to show the world that, yes, it can work, but it's not as good as it is when it's full bore. And I think they did prove that it does work. It, I mean, I guess it can work mm. if you haven't seen it in yeah. the full version. Uh, with all the violence, and all the swearing and all, all the the fun, awful jokes that they make. Um, but it, it, but it's so much better when it has all those elements. It really is. Yeah, there, there's something special to it when you can do that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And that's what I guess what the next part that I want to talk about is. And we've talked about it before. But, Neil, now that I have you on, I really want to talk about it is I don't know if I see this relationship with Disney being a positive thing for Deadpool because 
I was going to talk about it later, but I'm going to bring it up now. X-Force has delayed people. X-Force mm-hmm. has, has been delayed. I mean, and, and it definitely has something to do with the Disney Fox acquisition because, you know, um, you know, <laughs> Drew Goddard is we're waiting to find out what Drew Goddard's going to do with that. Cause I, I will talk about Drew Goddard later in Marvel news, but right now, Drew Goddard's kind of like on hold. Like he did bad, <laughs> bad times at the El Royale. And now he's kind of on hold. Like what, what's his next project? And, and it was supposed to be this X-Force film. And like, now that's completely on hold. And, it, and so I'm worried. I, and I, I'm also worried that if they do give it the okay, that we, that they do start. Cause it, it it has been in kind of like pre-production. I'm sure that they've done the script and stuff like that, you know, and so they could probably go. It could still happen under Fox. It, they could start it now if they if if things work out. What I'm worried about though, Jake, is like once Disney takes over this whole thing, Neil once once they take over everything, is that Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick, Ryan Reynolds, they've kind of had their freedom. They've had this taste of freedom, and you know what I mean. It's kind of like. Uh, you're at work, and and uh, then they bring in a new manager, right? You've you've done it. You've done your job for so long, and you know how to do it, and you've done it successfully. Now they bring now corporate sending this new fucking this fuck fucking idiot to to watch over you. I'm worried. I'm really worried that uh, you know all these excuses that we hear from like studios talking about this director leaving for creative differences, and we're like, ah, that's bullshit. I think that this is going to actually possibly be creative differences when Disney comes in here. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, I think like, I, and honestly, I think it might even challenge, challenge Ryan Reynolds, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick to kind of push the envelope, see how far that they can push it with Disney. And I, yeah, I, it's going to be all the way or none of the way with these guys. I, I don't think they're going to play ball and like compromise anything. Yeah. So it's either going to be, they get free control or this team mm. is probably just going to walk. I would say. That scares me, guys. That really scares me. Neil? Well, well, one thing I'm thinking is that maybe Disney keeps uh, like a independent version of, of Fox, like Fox Searchlight or something. They keep something like that running so they can do this, uh, this stuff that's not family-friendly that's making money because they're not idiots at Disney. I mean, they, they, they see the dollar signs, and this shit is making a bunch of money. So it would behoove them to to let it continue as it is with 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 the formula that's been working. Um, I mean, maybe they are kind of idiots with the whole James Gunn thing. But as far as this property that's working, I don't see why they would try and tamp that down or tone it down to a point where it doesn't work anymore when it's going to make them a fuck ton of money, Um, because that's what. I mean, the bottom line for all these movies is, is it's got to make a bunch of money. And Deadpool, Deadpool 2 made a shit ton of money because they because Fox let these guys do their thing. And so I, I don't see why Disney would um, completely castrate them and, and make them do it their way when the way that's been that's been done is working. Well, yeah, okay, I, I, I can see that. And I can honestly see Disney saying, yeah, it's okay, go ahead and do your rated R thing. But I can honestly see that there, there's – go back and watch Deadpool 1, uh, Deadpool 1 and, like, the whole – like, where she is 
pegging him. Like, dude, mm-hmm. that never would have flown. Like, this movie never would have. That movie would have never gotten made. I, I, I totally agree. And that's why I'm thinking that maybe Disney keeps like a Fox Searchlight name that doesn't have the Disney branding on it. But they're still making the movies and they're making the money from the movies, even though their name isn't on it. I just I, yeah. I can't see when they get the property, when they when they get the rights to the property that it's going to pull up and it's going to say Fox and it's going to, you know, Fox Searchlight. And then it's also going to say in association with Marvel Studios or, or, or right. in association with Marvel. I, I feel like it would go to Marvel Studios at that point. I, I, I just don't see that. I, I, yeah, mean, I, I definitely see that possibility there. Sorry, go ahead, Jake. I like what you're saying a lot, Neil, but I, I think what Brian's saying makes sense. But even the character of Deadpool almost makes it impossible to go that route at this point, right? It's He's so acknowledging of the existence of Marvel and X-Men and all this other stuff that you, you really can't hide the fact that he's part of this universe. I, I don't think they could just corner it into some searchlight banner and everyone would just, you know, forget it's part of the overall Marvel thing and they could just run rampant with R and violence because of that. I just don't think logistically that that works at all. I mean, I, I that's why I was saying earlier with the, the cameo thing that maybe the way for them to keep the properties connected is to have Deadpool pop his head in, in, in movies and just be the weirdo who's out of time and out of place. But then they have the ability to let them do these, these Deadpool movies and X-Force as their own semi-independent thing. I mean, I'm definitely looking at the bright side of things uh, and hopeful for what that could be, but it's, I mean, you're totally right. That it's probably not going to work out that way. Uh, I, I'm just saying. I'm just trying to say what could happen in a perfect world. Yeah, a positive outcome. I also feel really sorry for Drew Goddard and all of this. Man, he yeah. just goes into into one like crazy nightmare situation after another in the last like five years. Right? Like he was tied into the uh, Sony Sinister Six movie mm-hmm. for a while that just went into loophole hell. And then he's just like right back into almost that very much same situation right here again where, you know, Sony wasn't getting bought out. But the the Marvel merger helping hand thing kind of pushed him out of his movie there. And here we go with the Disney thing, potentially maybe doing the same thing with his X-Force movie. So, man, he's such a talented writer. I, I hope everything works out for him here. Was he ever tied to the uh, the DC Dark Universe stuff? Or is that, am, I uh... just that, am I just making that up? I don't. I can't confirm that 100, percent but very possibly. I know Guillermo Totoro is tied to Justice right. League Dark. I, I think that you are. I think that there was possibly a Drew Goddard DC tie at one time. So I, I but I'd have to look that up. Jake, could you go to Spotify and check that out for me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm already on it. It looks like he does a cover of Stairway to Heaven. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. All right. Hey. All right. Yeah, I, what are you thinking, Neil? I'm, I'm going to give uh, – yeah, you said uh, taste it. I'm also going to give it a taste it for Once Upon a Deadpool. Just because it was the, – the, the Fred Savage stuff and the, uh, the post-credits – tribute were so good that it mitigated all the awfulness that was the rest of Deadpool 2's PG-13 version. Also, the the scene that they left out in the original cut that they added in this one where he's labeling the food and stuff just did that was not... so good. <laughs> yeah, but the way that they put it in here, it didn't fit though, right? No, yeah. at all. 
But it was, it was good. Just, it was a very good scene. It was a great scene, yeah. and it just didn't fit in the movie. Yeah. And it didn't fit in this version of the movie either, because no. nothing fit in this version of the movie. <laughs> it was just like a fun vignette, huh? Just yeah, like, it was yeah. just a Here's great little fun... scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then the callback to it later was really good. Yeah, but and yeah, it. definitely stay, if you go see it, uh, it's in, uh, it's, I think it's playing until Dece- anymore. I, th- I thought it was going until December 31st. Really? Yeah. I, I had to go 50 miles away to find it. Um, it was only playing for three days in one theater within 50 miles of me. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's still it's still playing here. Huh. Yeah, it's still on my theater as of today, and I had heard it was going to be two weeks from release in our local theaters. Wow. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. I well, Let me see here. Jake. We, uh, we never played our intro for all this stuff oh we didn't what the fuck I, <laughs> yeah yeah hey I, I, how did i just I, thought of that how did the i K2 get it stuff really threw us off it really did how did i get us into good pop bad pop without even talking about any of this it was such I, I don't a, even know i just thought of that i was like we're on good pop bad pop i don't we didn't do the ratings intro we didn't even do good pop bad pop intro oh my gosh hey <laughs> welcome to good pop bad pop for more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or <laughs> weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, which we just did. I, and if this is your first time listening, you're wondering why I didn't play this sooner. I'm going to play it now. This is our rating system, people. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right. Yeah. Hey, Jake, what do you got? You got anything this week? Yeah, I got I got um, one thing. I've been, you know, I've been playing a lot more video games lately. I think it's with retail work just being so crazy i have like add when it comes to getting off work and coming home and sitting down and watching a movie or a tv show so i've really just been gaming a lot and i wanted to talk about a game i picked up just yesterday and you might you guys might have heard of this maybe maybe not it's kind of a cult classic but it's called katamari damacy no heard of this before i've heard of katamari but i don't know all right well this is thing Katamari Damacy, it is a remake of a 2004 PlayStation 2 game that has been re-released on the Nintendo Switch with, you know, full HD graphics, um, reworked soundtrack, and a couple new extra levels and everything. And this game is just absolutely wonderful. Um, The plot of this game is there is a giant planet-sized king of all cosmos, and he goes on this binge drinking spree. And during this, he wipes out all the stars in the entire universe, along with the celestial bodies. So just a mad rampaging drinking spree destroys all the stars. And then your job as the main character, the prince, is to restore all the stars in the sky by rolling up piles of garbage and shooting them up into the sky to replace the stars. And the way you do that is you get this ball called called a uh, katamari. And you roll the ball around in a level and it will like magnet to anything that's smaller than it. 
And as you get more and more things attached to it, it becomes bigger and bigger and you can envelop bigger things around the place. And it's just really well thought out game design. You know, you start out just picking up lint and thumbtacks, but then if you get big enough, you can pick up actual cars and people and buildings and just the progression and the level design and the way everything is done is just so really cool. Um, really nifty control scheme too. It takes really good use. When this game came out, the Dual Shock 2 just came out for like PlayStation and all that stuff. And so you put one thumb on each one and it represents like your hands pushing this ball. So you control whether you're shifting it to the left or shifting it to the right. And it's a really intuitive control system that pretty much you can pick up and play right away with no explanation. I mean, there's really no instruction book needed. As convoluted and crazy as the plot sounds, it's really just dressing to a very simple and relaxing, enjoyable game. Um, I highly recommend this thing. If you haven't played the original 2004, I don't think this feels retro at all. It feels like it could have just came out today because it's just so like niche and and different than any other game. So yeah, I highly recommend it. It's Katamari Damacy Reroll for the Nintendo Switch. Um, absolutely wonderful soundtrack for this game too. Just lots of really interesting like J-pop mixed with uh, 8-bit chiptune stuff. So unlike anything you've ever heard on a video game soundtrack, honestly. So yeah, highly recommend this thing. Jake. I had a uh, oh, roommate whose girlfriend at the time played this game fucking constantly. Uh, so I definitely remember watching this ball rolling around with the, that music playing when I wanted to watch something on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, really it's got great two-player mode, too, where it's just whoever you get five minutes and whoever can make the biggest Katamari ball wins the game. And I don't know. It's a very simple yet very pleasing game, and I, I just absolutely love it. Got a question for you. You guys might know. I was uh, I saw Aquaman last night at the Amazon Prime thing. Guy sitting in front of me had his phone out, and he was playing this Tetris-like game. But instead of the pieces falling, he would drag the pieces onto the board. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, I don't know what that is off the top of my head. I have no idea. If somebody knows, let me know. Uh, send me a tweet at Lazy Jedi Bry on Twitter and let me know. Because basically it was uh, just a board and he would take the pieces that they were throwing out at the bottom and drag them and place them wherever he wanted to on the screen. He didn't have to make them fall. They weren't falling. He was placing them wherever and then still doing the whole four-line wipeout. Hmm. That yeah, sounds fun. You want to try it out, huh? Fuck yeah, I want to try it out. I was half tempted. <laughs> I was half tempted to ask the guy, but it was just like one of those things where I don't know him, and I was like, I didn't want to bother him. You know, enjoy your time at the movies. You don't need the weird guy behind you asking you what game you're playing. Yeah, he could be going for like the world record or some shit too, and he like broke his concentration. Maybe don't do that before you watch Aquaman. I, you know, that's I'm throwing that out there as maybe a possible suggestion for him. Maybe not <laughs> the best time to go for the world record. Maybe it's just a time killer, though. I, I think <laughs> it sounds like that that statement was a podcast killer. Um, yeah, My specialty. I, I feel like I want to do the good pop, bad pop intro again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start there. <laughs> oh, 
let's see here. Uh, real quick, uh, I want to find out what Neil wants to bring up this week, and then we're going to take a break and come back, and we'll talk about uh, some other shit in Good Pop, Bad Pop. But, Neil, what do you got? Uh, I got a couple of quick things. Um, I, I, As I said earlier, I got the DC Universe uh, thing, and I've been watching Titans, and that show is fucking phenomenal. It's exactly how dark and gritty comic book stuff should be done. It, it's it's brutal. It's violent. It's it's full of swearing and all that stuff. But it's also really funny. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a it's a great fucking show. I, I'm really really enjoying it. And then uh, I've also since I got Hulu, I've been um, binging the fuck out of Brooklyn Nine Nine. I and I absolutely love that show. I got to get back on that. I, it's I hear so good. I hear nothing but good things about Brooklyn Nine Nine. I I, uh, I remember I started watching it when it first came out, and then I just didn't have access to it after the first couple episodes. And I, I liked those first episodes, but it wasn't until I don't know about halfway through that first season when they really figured out their characters, the writers figured out how to write for their their actors, and they were able to really nail down um, what they were trying to do with the show. And it, it, it's it's. The com- I, I've never been a big Andy Samberg fan, but he he's totally won me over with this show. And uh, Andre Brower as the captain is just fucking brilliant. And it's just it's just a, such such a good comedic show that has a really good heart behind it, despite the fact that it's making some pretty awful jokes sometimes. But you can tell that they all come from a place of love and understanding. And it's just it's just a really 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 good show. Man, yeah, I need to watch that. I need to start watching that. I hear nothing. Are they? Did they get a season six order? Is that what the news they did. was? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they actually canceled it. I think Fox canceled it, and now it's on NBC. It's on NBC. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. So Fox canceled it, and then NBC picked it up because of the fans really pushing for it to to come back. And NBC it's, needs the comedies. They, you know, yeah, yeah. So. Fuck! I, I yeah. definitely, I definitely recommend a Tupperware the fuck out of the show. That's awesome. Yeah, I, that's one thing that I need to jump on is Brooklyn Nine Nine. I did watch, I, I as well watched like the first like you know few episodes. I watched like four or five episodes of it, and I was really mm-hmm. enjoying it. It's just one of those things where I kind of like dropped off, and yeah. you know, with everything new coming out. But yeah, I you know Terry Crews is in the show. I love that so guy. So good. Everybody on the show, once they figured out what they were trying to do with their characters has really been fucking brilliant. Um, Joe LaTrulio, um, Chelsea Peretti. They're, they're all so God. I mean, they're all caricatures and and they make that obvious from the get go, but, but the the way they're able to embody these characters and use the archetypes that they're trying to portray just really, it really works. It's, it's like classical, uh, comedia dell'arte comedy done with a modern style and and it's just, it's just fucking brilliant man yeah it's like why you know it, it's one of those things like here we are now show gets canceled and somebody else picks it up but like you know what where was that back in 2005 when arrested development first got canceled? Right? you know it's like <laughs> they, they had to wait until jason bateman was one of the biggest stars on the planet and being asked to do every project you know and and you know it so now it's like when we get arrested development it's just a yeah it's, it's a mess yeah 
I think maybe what's happened is because of the streaming services uh, actually having money now and, and uh, an ability to pick up shows like this, they, they are showing the networks that, hey, good shows will make money, but you have to bid on them and you have to you have to pay for them. And so they're able to keep these really good shows going by bidding wars or, or whatever the process is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, it happened to Community. Community mm-hmm. had the roughest time. You know, Dan Harmon left the show and then and then uh, and then that final uh, season streamed on Yahoo streaming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Minus totally Donald cool, Glover. And then uh, Chevy Chase had left like a couple, two, three seasons prior. Yeah. Once had a really show- truncated cast by the end of it. Once that show lost Donald Glover, I, I it didn't work for me anymore. Yeah, he was one of the best parts of it. I recently finally watched the final season, and I mean, it's not a toss it, but it is definitely a very low taste it. <laughs> Damn it, that Donald Glover Deadpool man. Oh, I'm so... right. Oh. right. <laughs> I was so looking forward to that. Me and... too, dude. Me too. <sighs> Me too. All right, guys. Welcome to Good Pop, Bad Pop. Let me play the bumper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I just have to continually play the bumper since I fucked up at the beginning of the show. I've only yeah, done t- this. Taste it? What the? Well, I low tasted something. What the fuck does that even mean, dude? It's ridiculous. No, it's like I'm a fucking amateur over here. It's amateur hour. What the fuck, Jake? Dude, I'm doing. I, know, I felt bad that it took me like 20 minutes to realize. I'm glad you did realize, man. That's fucking crazy. I've done like 260 plus episodes of this show and i don't think i don't i maybe i've done that once or twice in the early days but like how the fuck did i forget that you know all it takes to say hey welcome to good pop bad pop and then i go through my spiel then i play the fucking thing then i have clive read off the goddamn rating system we're off to the races how the fuck did i forget that this week (laughs) (laughs) don't beat yourself up it happens no, it's yeah. No, it's seriously. I'm gonna be like, uh, what? Uh, like, I'll be doing bodily harm to myself tonight. No, I, no. I actually noticed it way back in the very beginning, but I was just waiting to see how long it was gonna take you. Oh, oh that's you! A dick oh, move. fuck you! <laughs> I'm, totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. I had no idea. That was, <laughs> just sitting back there, all smug, knowing I fucked up. <laughs> you smug fuck. All right. Hey, hey, let's take let's, let's take a Jake break and uh what we'll do is we'll come back and we'll talk about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. How's that sound, gentlemen? Sounds great. All right. We'll be back in a moment. Oh, yeah. Guys, to keep costs down, we're going to start playing ads now. So, oh. I'm t- dude. These are these. Sometimes- it's expensive, man. Quit laughing, Neil. I know we got it. I know we got a donation, but you know, you know, somebody's got to keep the lights on. So we're gonna start playing ads. So enjoy. We've all heard of the Dollar Shave Club, and I'm excited to tell you that I just joined the club. I met an old man downtown who I believe was a consultant for Dollar Shave Club. For just one dollar, he led me up to the corner of Benton and Riverside and asked around for Rusty Razor Rick. And once he crept out from behind his office dumpster, I just handed Mr. Razor one dollar and let me tell you, this guy shaved everything. I am a hairless goddess. So anyways, I guess that's how you join the Dollar Shave Club. 
I asked him about a monthly subscription, but he assured me that there's really no need. You can just go up to his office. You just have to open and slam the dumpster lid, and that's going to wake up the raccoons that he uses as blankets, and then he's ready to roll. You just have to be alone. That is very important. Welcome to the club. All right. Hey, we are back, and we're going to be talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, yeah, uh, shit, I didn't fucking, uh, write down the cast or anything. I know we've got, uh, what do we got? Shamik Moore is Miles Morales. Uh, this one is, uh, Jesus Christ. Hold on, let me pause. <laughs> All right, I'm back. We were going to have a special guest. We were going to have Finn Dietz Creek on. He got called into work. So unfortunately our listeners won't be able to hear from Finn and his thoughts. Uh, I'm guessing he loved it. Uh, but anyway, here we go. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Jake, I am all fucking frazzled and fucked up this episode. <laughs> yeah, what's going on, man? Are you okay? It, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We get we get runner-up in a fucking Discover Pods award, and I'm just like, I just take the goddamn week off, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, did you do an energy drink before the show? Did you get frazzled that way? I always have an energy drink every day, uh, at least one to, th- one to three. Never more than three. <laughs> yeah. Never more than three. That's Never what they say in the three. can, I think. <laughs> Never more than three. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, see, that's what they should say about relationships. I should have stopped at three. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, uh, yeah, uh, we've got uh, director is uh, Bob Perchetti, uh, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. They've got three directors listed for this fucker. Uh, written by Phil Lord. And, uh, of course, we've got to credit Steve Ditko. Stan Lee and Brian, Brian Michael Bendis. So, and Dan Slott, definitely, for creating Spider-Verse. But anyway, yeah, um, this stars a lot of people in this movie. Uh, Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. Jake Johnson as Peter Parker. Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. Mahershala Ali as Uncle Aaron. Brian Tyree Henry as Jefferson Davis. Lily Tomlin as Aunt May. Uh, we got uh, Zoe Kravitz as Mary Jane, John Mulaney as Spider-Ham, uh, <laughs> Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir, uh, Kamiko Glenn as Penny Parker, uh, Catherine Hahn as Doc Ock, uh, Leif Shriver as Wilson Fisk, and uh, some other cool cameos. Oscar Isaac had a cameo in this person. Oh, my God. He's listed. So good. He's listed as interesting person number one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about. Oh my gosh, uh, Marvin Crondon Jones the Third was the voice of Tombstone. I didn't know that, right? And yeah. he's an albino. Playing yeah. an albino. Oh my god! I, yeah, he's the unbelievable villain. That's so crazy. In the two lines too. He's the villain in Black Lightning on the CW for all you people watching. Yeah, I, cheers. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> cheers. This one's to all you albinos. Yeah, I am so fucking terrible this episode. Oh my god. What a This is a This is a Oh shit. Cassis clusterfuck. Um anyway, uh I want us to talk about this movie and I want to hear your rating. So I'm going to start it off with Neil. What do you think, buddy? Um, I fucking love this movie. I, I d- Tupperware the fuck out of it. It was beautiful. 
It was one of the best animated movies I've ever seen as far as animation goes. Uh, the story was great. The voice acting was incredible. And it was everything that had been hyped up. I went in with really high expectations, and they were not disappointed. Awesome. So, yeah, Tupperware from Neil. Jake. Yeah, I'm going to echo a lot of the same things, man. I Going into this thing, I was like, man, I have so much hype for this because, you know, everyone is just going crazy for this thing. How can it be as good as all that? And, wow, it, it still was. It still like, exceeded my expectations. I mean, total Tupperware for me. There were moments in this movie that, like, I was just, like, almost in tears just from how beautiful it was and how much it was capturing, like, the essence of Spider-Man. Like, the first action sequence when you see uh, Peter Parker save Miles and the animation for that, like, my eyes were, like, welling up with water just seeing Spider-Man displayed in that manner on the screen. Um, I don't know. Did you guys get to see this in 3D real quick? I did. Yeah, I I did too, and I'm so glad I did because that was absolutely incredible too. You could really tell they paid a lot of attention to the 3D rendering and the stuff they did with like the comic book panel stuff in 3D with the animation was just mind-blowing. And animation aside, the story was just so good and so charming and just such a fun romp. I, I absolutely loved this thing. I hope to see this movie at least a couple more times in the theater i loved it so much and honestly this could go down as being one of my favorite movies of all time possibly uh i love this thing i saw it in 3d myself the first viewing i have seen it twice uh second viewing i went and saw it in dolby atmos which is basically an imax screen with incredible sound i will tell you that i did love it upon the second this is a tupperware for me guys i'm not gonna hide it i'm not gonna bury the lead tupperware absolute tupperware um but i will say that even watching it on that huge big d screen yeah it's called a big d screen yeah (laughs) because Cause it it, it, no, it yeah, cause it fucks the shit out of you, man. It bends you over and fucks you. Um, flicks yeah, the bean, man. It does. Yeah, it creates the pod bean intro. It totally does, man. It. it but uh, I saw it in uh, Big D and Dolby Atmos the second viewing. But my first viewing was in 3D, and you do miss something, I think. And uh, Neil, I know you're not a fan of 3D. It just it, you can't watch it. But for those that can watch 3D. This is definitely worth the price of admission for 3D. I think that there are some movies that do 3D that you really don't know, need to see them in 3D. Uh, Avengers number one being one of them. <laughs> I really didn't need to see that one in 3D. But I think by the time they got to Infinity War, they did a great job. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, great job with the 3D. Doctor Strange was just yeah, absolutely that was a- that was the last movie I saw in 3D, and I, I'm so glad I saw it in 3D because yeah. it was amazing. It was fantastic. And this is another one where I think it adds to the experience. It's an, an, <laughs> In 3D, Jake, this was an experience. Like I would rank this up there with – and you know, judge me. I would rank it up there with having to see Avatar in 3D as well <laughs> as uh, Alfonso Cuaron's uh, Gravity. I think that those are <clears> – <throat> two movies that you have to watch in 3d to really kind of like enjoy them and i'm gonna i'm gonna throw spider-man into the spider-verse into that into that list this is one that you have to watch in 3d in my opinion so i'm co-sign 100 here i loved 
the fact that we are dealing with Spider-Man in different Spider-Verses, this movie, not only from just the story being amazing, but just some of the little things that they did, showing the Columbia uh, logo at the beginning. But not only mm-hmm. do they just give you the Columbia logo, they give it to you in all six of the parallel universes that we visit within this film. Amazing. Wow. We see it. We also see the Sony logo from all six parallel universes. We see the title card from all six universes. We see Amy Pascal Productions in all six. It's amazing. Such brilliant. The way that they blend music. Uh, mm-hmm. the, way, the musical selections that they give you in this movie are amazing. Brian Tyree Henry is so good. Mahersa Ali is so good. Shamik Moore, amazing. The voice. I loved Lily Tomlin as Aunt May. I wish we could have got Lily Tomlin as Aunt May in a live action movie. She's that mm-hmm. damn good. Mm-hmm. This movie is my favorite I'm going to say it, my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time now, after two viewings. It beats Spider-Man 2. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't argue that, man. Wow. Neither. It's definitely one of the best Spider-Man representations that I've ever seen. It it, it has every element that you want from a Spider-Man. You have, you know, the young kid who's getting his powers and figuring that out. But then you also have the old beat down Spider-Man. It it just Mm. every element of this movie was absolutely phenomenal. Jake Johnson as 616 Spider-Man. So good. Did you guys notice on the screen they actually showed you when Wilson Fisk and they were all doing that experiment with that that device all the different universes yes they showed you 616 it popped up right there on the screen they showed you all the different universes did you also know oh god chris pine as ultimate spider-man oh my god chris pine as ultimate spider-man was so good yes he was Oh, man. I loved him as Ultimate Spider-Man. So good. Nicolas Cage. Oh, my God. (laughs) Nicolas Cage as noir Spider-Man was just amazing, hysterical. He sold it. So good. Love noir Spider-Man. They introduce him and like Jake Johnson's 616 Spider-Man is like, why is this cape blowing? Why is this jacket blowing? There's no wind in here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in the noir scene the rubik's cube was a funny sight gag i thought as well oh uh what had me rolling was when they introduced spider ham and they're talking about like you know miles's powers what powers do you have and he says can you can you float through the air when you smell a delicious pie (laughs) (laughs) oh john mulaney was so good yeah Oh, yeah. I was telling Michelle that I would watch the uh, half an hour John Mulaney Spider-Ham kids cartoon if they would give that to me. I would be here for it. Did you every week? Did you guys notice like the like when they're in the ultimate universe, the the differences for like when they're in Times Square, like the movies and the things that are going on there. There was a movie Mm -hmm. with Seth Rogen called Hold Hold Your Horses, where he's like a (laughs) what was he like a. Uh, a polo player or something? <laughs> it was. It wasn't a sea biscuit, basically. I yeah, something like that. And then there was instead of the blue man group, there was an ad for the red man group. <laughs> um, there was a the Nick. There was a Nick Kroll John Mulaney ad for like uh, it was called called Hi Hello, which was like their Netflix special. That oh they had. hello, oh hello. But this is called Hi Hello. <laughs> I, I was just. I was just. 
you know, just oh, and also I wanted to point out, you know, like when we when when uh, spoilers, he gets bit by spider people. Miles Morales, that spider was glitching. That spider was from another dimension. Yeah, yeah, you get that when he comes back. And because they they make a deal of it, because he's like it's nothing weird at all, and when he touches it, it totally glitches. Yeah. I actually got a big laugh out of that moment. Did you guys catch there are there is a Stanley cameo in this one? Did you catch the second one? No, Neil. Second one, yes. Oh, they introduce him at that uh, in the one Stanley cameo, but the second Stanley cameo is after you've got unconscious Peter. And this was the scene that was played at the post credit scene for Venom, if you went and saw Venom in theaters. Oh, right. Remember where they land at the end where he had, like, the the snowman Mm -hmm. head on uh, Peter. Peter's knocked out, and they're being zipped through the subway. Yeah, Yeah, the train. Well, when they finally land and it's all over... And uh, people from New York are walking over them. The first person to walk through them is Stanley on a cell phone. Really? Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Didn't notice it. That is amazing. uh, Didn't notice it until my second viewing. I this movie is absolutely fantastic. I my my both of my crowds were just uh, totally engaged. Loved this movie. The the third and final act in this where we get the big battle jake man mm-hmm. that 3d really pays off doesn't it dude oh yeah it, it, from beginning to end but you're right especially in act three it's just it's so incredible like and i didn't even see it in imax it was just a regular like real d 3d that's what i and did. i was yeah that's yeah, what i did too. i was just blown away by how gorgeous it was like i that's half the reason i think i loved this movie so much was i just you're right the 3d rendering is second to none it's one of the best i've ever seen in a movie Oh, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. They this art style. I want to talk about this art style. This I found this I, I found this information. Um, it comes from Deadline via Dark Horizons, and it's about the unique art style that they used for Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Deadline reports that Sony has filed with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office to get patent protection for the project's unique animation process. A half dozen specific animation techniques and technologies are specified, and Sony may have to wait anywhere from three to five years to hear if the patents are granted. The film used a process that is a blend of computer animation with hand-drawn touch-ups that's so complicated and complex that every second in the film took a week to render. That doesn't surprise me at all. It was it was some of the most amazing animation I've ever seen. Yes, just just mm-hmm. how unique it was. It was beautiful. I mean, it was a goddamn beautiful movie. I loved when they showed anybody using a flashlight or a street lamp or headlights oh, on yeah. a car. Mm-hmm. You yeah, could, you could see the little dots from a com- from a comic book that yeah. had been printed off of a, of an old printer. Like Jake, back in the day when we would read comic books from the eighties and nineties. When you saw those little dots from the dot matrix printers that they were using back then or whatever, you could see those little dots on the screen. It was it was it was blending comic with CGI. Uh, I found out like, you you know, like when Miles Morales was reading the Peter Parker uh, amazing fantasy comic book, the comic book covers and the, the interior art was done by real comic book 
artists, uh, Jason Latour, uh, Sarah Pacelli. You know, uh, these these comic book artists were the ones that were doing this, Jake. The, there was a lot of love and a lot of care in this project. Yeah, it was the, it was gorgeous. Like I was shocked at how cool the 3D rendering was on things like comic book panels that you would think would just be flat static images and just how much life they were brought by just like the 3D rendering they gave mm-hmm. him. Like a moment for instance was when the spider bit him, how it does like that three panel comic book thing. The 3D rendering on like it going into his atoms and all that stuff was yes. just breathtaking. That was it was it was <laughs> that was incredible, and it felt for comic book fans. We even got the comic books code at the beginning of this thing. Oh my god, yes, yeah. Oh amazing? man, I'm telling you, like that moment where you, he swings over to save Miles, and it cuts to that like comic book panel style with all the like fast motion lines showing how fast he's getting there. Mm-hmm. I, it literally brought tears to my eyes. I, love- I was like, oh my God, Spider-Man has never looked this gorgeous. I mean, it, never more have I yeah. felt like I was watching my favorite comic book character represented in a motion picture in the theater. It was it was breathtaking. I, and, and the fact yeah. that they use different animation styles for the different versions of Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, you had like the anime uh, uh, Penny, Penny Parker. And then you had like the super cartoony uh, Peter Porker and just like the fact that they were able to blend all these styles of animation and make them look like they belong together, even though they're so disparate. It it was amazing. It was beautiful. It was was glorious. It wasn't jarring in any way. You're absolutely correct. It would be so easy to to try to jam five different unique styles and just have it look really jarring and off-putting. This is but, why I want Sony to win that patent, to be granted that patent, because I don't yeah. want to see anybody else do this and fuck it up. I'm not saying that they should have the patent forever, but I would like to see them be granted at least a 20-year patent on this technology. And 20 years in movie time is nothing, people. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that back up, Brian. I actually did want to talk on the, the – I thought the legality issue that you brought up was very fascinating. Now, were you saying that – it will take three to five years to establish the patent. So is it possible for a rival studio to cram an imitation out immediately? I don't know if this, if this, uh, when they do this, if they'll be able to do anything in the meantime, if it's being held up legally, legally, nobody else might be able to do anything with this. It might be in limbo so that they, nobody else can utilize the technology but But they might also do the whole milli vanilli queen thing where they try to make it look kind of like that yeah it is a very fine line like if you're not using the same color palette then it's a different form of animation right yeah just do it and ask for forgiveness later yeah, uh, yeah, Jake, when you're talking about colors and stuff like that, that reminds me of like when uh, Sam Raimi did the uh, the new Oz movie. They couldn't use the same color of green skin for the Wicked Witch that, that MGM had. So they had to make her skin color a completely huh. different green. Interesting. Yeah, the actual tone is copyrighted. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Whew. Yeah, that, that's very – the legality of it all is very interesting, and uh, I'm sure you're going to bring it up, but we, we do know like the next kind of thing that's probably going to have this style of animation, right? Well, yeah, they've already said that they're going to be doing a sequel to this one, and they're going to be doing an all-female cast. 
with the yeah, spider web. Yeah. Yeah. I've been yeah. seeing a lot of like dirt about that. Like they've announced like Jessica Drew is going to be in that and Jessica, someone else I forget Silk. too. Yeah, Cindy, Silk, yes. Yeah, uh, Jessica Drew Spider-Woman and Cindy Moon Silk in an all-female Spider-Verse movie. This was revealed by Amy Pascal uh, during an interview with Vanity Fair. She confirmed that, and she also revealed that uh, a holdover from the Phil Lord script, because he, they're not going to be, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are not going to be involved in the next film uh, as much as they were with this one, which seems to be like what they do. They, they, they kind of come in there. They give you something great. Jake, man, does this make you mad that we didn't get the Phil Lord Chris Miller solo movie I mean nothing could make me more mad about that like <laughs> to, like I was already at maximum level madness you know what I'm saying yeah. this is just like more I told you so fuel yeah yeah but Amy Pascal <laughs> she also revealed that in the next Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse film that we're going to see Miles and Gwen start that romance that they kind of teased in this one so yeah, that's definitely going to be happening in the next movie. Then um, that's a that's a holdover from the Phil Lord script that they'll that they'll bring in here. Isn't that also a comics thing? Yes, aren't it they is. It is. in the comics? Yes, it is. That's a that's a thing in the comics as well. So and they have a lot of fun with that, where it's like he, he's with a bunch of people and they don't believe him that he has a gr- girlfriend in a different universe. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller were in an interview with Den of Geek, and they revealed the original ending to the movie. Uh, there is a post credit scene in this one. I would highly recommend sticking around for it. I'm not going to spoil it. But anyway, uh, they went on to say the first draft ended with Doctor Strange. It ended with him saying, OK, okay. I have some things to tell you. It was the first draft like three years ago. It ended with. Doctor Strange, literally the last frame was Doctor Strange going hello. And then Screen Rant elaborated on this whole thing. And they said, presumably the idea was that Doctor Strange would turn turn up to explain the secrets of the multiverse to one of the various Spider-Men, most likely Miles Morales himself. It's interesting to note that this draft would have been in the works back when Marvel was filming Doctor Strange, a movie that introduced the concept of the multiverse into the MCU. The timing surely isn't a coincidence, perhaps suggesting that Lord and Rothman were envisioning the MCU as one of the multiverses that may even mean they pictured Benedict Cumberbatch voicing the character. Doctor Strange has teamed up with Spider-Man on many occasions, and some of those have even explored alternate dimensions. The partnership has always been an uneasy one, with Strange essentially serving as the straight man to Peter's Peter Parker's jokester. So yeah, that's they were wanting to bring in Doctor Strange... We know that uh, Amy Pascal is in this new interview with Vanity Fair. Very Jake, we don't have to worry about this as far as like her end with them wanting to split <clears throat> off and do something different and us losing Spider Man in the uh, Marvel Studios stuff. Amy Pascal is very happy with what's going on. She she wants this contract after these uh, uh, whatever the whatever the deal is. Uh, with uh, you know Spider-Man joining the MCU and Marvel Studios, she does not want it to go away. She's very happy. 
I mean, yeah, it's been a fan. It's been the best year the Spider-Man franchise could have for Sony, right? They made Buku Bucks off two Spider-Man movies that were both non-traditional Spider-Man movies. That's which is part of the, the worry. supreme goal. That's part of the worry, though, for fans. It was like, okay, are they going to set this off? And like, when we get this Craven movie, we're going to talk about some of this stuff later. But when we get this Craven movie, you know, Venom Two, and then the Morbius film, are they going to are they going to be like, okay, we're building something here? Oh, we can do it on our own now. I, it, these statements that I read in the Vanity Fair article made it sound like, yeah, they're going to com- continue to do what they're doing here. They're, they're going to continue to give us Miles Morales, this amazing story that we got here. They're going to continue with that, but they're not ready to say bye to Feige. I, I think I think they've kind of like, for, you know, when you're looking at back in the Garfield days when Feige sent his notes to Amy Pascal and she throws her sandwich in his face. Dude, it's a complete 180, dude. Like this is she's she's on board. And this is like this is like Casablanca. Like, you know, like uh, I, I see the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can kind of like in retrospect, kind of forgive the like the actions too, right. It's just kind of the pangs of a new creative friendship, right? Like that stuff's hard, man. These are both people are in charge of two giant major franchises. So egos had to bend and stretch a little bit to get this thing to finally work right in the first place. And I mean, we've talked about this before on the podcast. I don't think as long as the spinoff Spider-Man movies aren't directly like referencing MCU stuff, I don't think Faggy really, really cares too much about it. Right. He have at it. Just don't say stuff about it being part of the MCU, please. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I 100% agree. You know, I, I think there's room for both, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it stirs up interest and excitement for other things. Like, it eventually, if it remains popular, it could build the bridge into something crossing over to the MCU, right? Like, yeah. they're not going to make $3 billion making Venom movies in a row and then not cross that over, right? You know, money yeah. talks and bullshit walks. I, and if, if Jake, can I be honest with you? I have, and people are going to think I'm crazy, but this is in the comic books, everybody. I have dreamed about Venom joining the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, that would be absolutely fantastic. I would love to see Tom Hardy mix it up with some of the actors in that franchise or even just a new cast. You yeah, know? there's a, the, the comic, the Guardians of the Galaxy comic uh, that came out just a couple years ago. Venom, I believe Venom was part of the team and Thing from Fantastic Four was part of the team. So it's like, you know, these are things that happen in the comics. You get, you get different members joining these groups. And, you know, just to see Venom, you know, hanging out. <laughs> Hanging out with Rocket and Groot, and and uh, you know he he's from space as well. It's not like he's out of his element, people. So it, it would just yeah, be, I, it would just be I like Tom really Hardy. Cool. Sorry, Brian. No, it would just be like Tom Hardy joining them out in space. So go ahead, Jake. I'm sorry. I was going to say I've even thought about with the Venom stuff. Like I'd be perfectly fine with them kind of blending some of the elements of the Flash Thompson version of Venom yeah. into just the Eddie Brock. Tom Hardy version cinematically because I think that stuff's fun like and I think the movie could have a lot of fun with that route of having it be like you know the government is now in regulating these suits and you know making you an agent and do stuff for them and you could easily just kind of merge those two characters so instead of having Flash Thompson as as Agent Venom you've got Tom Hardy doing it yeah exactly yeah I don't think that would be that big of a stretch at all not at all not at all no I mean we've 
I, I 100% agree. I really do. Especially with the redemption. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it's a natural, easy place to go, I think, for a sequel. And actually lends itself to if they were going to blend the story into actual MCU territory. I think it lends itself to that a lot more. Can we can we title this episode? Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I I mean, it's. I, I, as far as us all being passionate about the things we're talking about this episode, we may suck at almost everything else, but it's been a lot of good conversation this episode. Everyone's just excited to talk, I think. Wow, mm-hmm. Jake. Can, how many dicks do you have in your mouth right now, buddy? <laughs> I can Jeez. only fit five. <laughs> Dude, you, oh, man, you are the runner-up in the dick-sucking awards. So Yeah, I, t- I took the stress test off YouTube, so don't look. <laughs> oh, man. Guys, go out. Please support this movie. Please. I, so, didn't, it, didn't it make 35-point-something million this weekend? <laughs> Yeah, it had a, it had a pretty good weekend. See it in 3D. Give yes. it a couple extra bucks. It's worth it. Yeah, I might you... actually check that out in 3D just because. I mean, I, I I watched Doctor Strange in 3D because I heard that it was kind of necessary yeah. to to do so. And you guys have kind of convinced me to watch this in 3D as well. I highly recommend it, man. I've seen this movie twice. Probably gonna go see it again. And when I go back, it'll definitely be a 3D viewing. Hopefully, an IMAX 3D viewing. But because, uh, Jake, I did want to I did want to hear it in that Dolby Atmos. And I, I, I for as amazing as the sound quality was, there was definitely something missing when I didn't go into that third dimension. <laughs> oh, man. You want to hear something crazy? No. Um, our, our listener, Luther Shaver, I, I believe he hates this movie. What? Yeah, yeah. I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, he's done for the last forty eight hours on social media. He's done nothing but poo on this movie. We need we need to get him on for fifteen minutes in the next couple of weeks. I think I think he, <laughs> I think he was shitting on this movie before. Do you think that Luther Shaver just doesn't want to eat crow on this one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. He he seems very to very passionately not like this movie. I'm just blown away how anyone like how can you even pretend to be surly about sitting through this movie? Yeah, I don't. I love Luther. I love Luther. Luther, if you want to, if you want to chime in, get on here and let us know what you did. You can be the voice of those two other people that didn't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Shamik, Shamik Moore. I'm not familiar with this guy. What's he done before? Anybody know? I do not. I do not. But I do know that he uh, is campaigning to play a live action Miles Morales now. He's a little too old, but you know what? God bless him. <laughs> I was yeah. actually, when I was watching this movie, I was thinking to myself, like, man, if they do a live action uh, Miles Morales Spider Man movie, you know, I fuck if they want to just just de age him like Nick Fury, right? I mean, just <laughs> just do it. Yeah, well, he was great, since, especially since uh, they've established that Miles Morales in the MCU is very young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with yeah. with uh, Donald Glover playing his uncle in Homecoming. It seems like a very young child and, in yeah, the MCU. I want to – what was it? Uh, I was thinking like, yeah, man, they could have Mahersa Ali actually just play his character of Officer Davis in the movie. Um, Doesn't he play Uncle Aaron? Yeah. No, 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 no. Mahersa Ali uh, plays – Brian Tyree Henry plays the father, right? No. I, oh, you're – I'm totally – yes, I'm totally flipping him. I know, I, I know, but I'm totally flipping – you're right. I'm wrong. I, I even read them off in the credits that way. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Could Mar- 
Yeah, Mahershala Ali could totally play Uncle Aaron in live action. Yeah, I mean, Mahershala Ali could do anything, so, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fun. I love how... <laughs> It was not quite an adaptation of anything either. Like it, it had a lot of the elements from the first six mm-hmm. episodes of the Bendis um, Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man, but it actually had twists and turns that even weren't in those pages, right? Like it had one of the big twists, but it actually kind of flip-flopped one of the twists that happened in that too. So I liked that even for someone that had read the material, there was still a lot of surprises along the way. Yeah, it was very comic book accurate, but wasn't dependent upon being a comic book adaptation it it was just it it drew from the source material very very faithfully but then it also did its own thing which is how you have to do this kind of stuff oh my god i loved peter parker in sweatpants (laughs) yes yes oh and uh catherine hahn is as doc ock yes brilliant (laughs) oh so good so good so good hey (laughs) that whole like seduction thing Mm. but then being weird and creepy oh it's beautiful can i bring this up why did peter 616 jake johnson peter parker not react to gwen stacy i thought about that too i i don't know good question isn't it yeah 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 it's interesting i'd be one to ask the writers yeah yeah maybe they thought it would be too much to layer into it because they you know there was quite a bit going on with like you know him and mary jane although because it is an older peter parker maybe he's kind of recognized that there are elements of his universe that he just has to let go yeah maybe he's already run into alternate reality versions of gwen stacy at you know the 40 year old version of himself yeah. It would be nice to know, though. I was asking myself that question upon both viewings of the film. So, you know, I was just wondering why. Because, like, that would be, I, I thought that that would have been more of a big moment when they first kind of, like, encountered each other. That, that And we got no reaction. It was all played for kind of, like, laughs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have a big problem with it, to be quite honest with you guys. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there as a comic book nerd. So... Yeah, no, I get that. And maybe it just it, it would have taken away from the moment they were trying to create. Yeah. So they just decided to scrap it. You know, it's, that's what happens in movies. Hey, Peter B. Peter B. Parker's probably already seen Gwenpool by now in his reality. So <laughs> it doesn't really phase him. Oh, my God. I, now I've got that. I've got that Marvel. Not a, it's not even a Marvel Legends. It's like the Marvel Signature Series or something like the 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 Spider Gwen figure. I'm like so glad that I got that. It's so right. awesome. God, I love oh, it. Yeah, that is sweet. That. It was really cool for her to get a chance to shine. A lot of these, like, you know, concepts and characters that were created in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. It's just really so neat to see them shine in these, like, movies now. Yeah. Did you notice, like, when they went back to, like, their universes and stuff like that, when they went back into, like, that collider machine, how the colors that would flash were actually their colors and or, mm-hmm. their, their, or their style of animation? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know. I, I really, I really love seeing. Uh, I'm a big fan of Spider Gwen, and I really love seeing her represented very faithfully on the screen. Just yeah. that animation style of of her comic book character was is is beautiful with the hood and the white and everything. It just it's it looks so cool. It really did. God, I love this movie. It's it's my favorite Spider Man oh, movie. People, it really is. Yeah, it's good. I, I it, it's going to be a 
top contender for animated movie of the year for the Tuppy. I, you know, jeez, uh, it's up there for comic book movie of the year. So. Yeah. yeah, agreed, agreed. Hey, and Neil, else, is there? Oh, I guess there's Infinity War and Deadpool two and Venom, <laughs> Black Panther, Aquaman, Black, Black Panther, Black Panther. Yeah, Neil, let's talk about Mortal Engines. Okay. A mysterious young woman, Hester Shaw, emerges as the one and only, uh, the as the only one who can stop a giant predator city on wheels, devouring everything in its path. Feral and fiercely driven by the memory of her mother, Hester joins forces with Tom Natsworthy, an outcast from London, along with Anna Fang, a dangerous outlaw with a bounty on her head. Instructed by Christian Rivers, he's best known for his work on King Kong 2005, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, uh, and The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Uh, it stars Hira Hilmar, Robert Sheehan, Hugo Weaving, Jahay as Anna Fang, uh, Ronan Raftery as Beavis Pod, which sounds like a podcast for Beavis and Butthead. Um, <laughs> Beavis Pod. What a terrible name. Uh, yeah. I call Julio. Fire. Um, they keep you from my bunghole. My keep you from my bunghole. Um, <laughs> Stephen Lang as Shrike. And uh, what'd you think, Neil, of the old Mortal Engines, the uh, Peter Jackson produced <laughs> film? Well, I had seen a bunch of trailers for this. I had no idea who was in it except for Hugo Weaving going into it. Uh, it looked kind of cool, but it was. It, I had the same kind of expectations that I had going into Robin Hood. Um, and I was very pleasantly surprised to see Robert Sheehan in it because I'm a big fan of his from the first two seasons of Misfits, where he was brilliant and I didn't know he was in it until I went and saw the movie. And so when I saw his face on the screen, it's like, oh, yay, somebody I can actually root for because I like him. Um, I'll give this movie a taste it. It, it. it was, I like Robin Hood, it was not a good movie, but the visuals were so well done. It, I mean, the CGI... Uh, the world that they built was really compelling. The, the story was awful. The acting overall was not good. Um, but it it was a beautiful, beautifully executed movie. And I can see where now that the world has been built, I'm actually kind of interested in what comes next. Or it's more of I, I wish they had made this movie about half the way like if they had spent the entire movie building up the 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 climax where like they had if they took half the story and made that into a whole movie um i think they could have really fleshed out some of the characters and actually made you care about them because i didn't care about any of the characters in this movie because they weren't well done but the overall world is a compelling world. And the C again, the CGI was just absolutely beautiful. So it was, it was kind of fun. And I knew I was seeing Spider-Man later. So I, it was kind of a good mood and it was, it was all right. 
I went and saw um, uh, Mortal Engines in IMAX. I saw this one in IMAX, and I will 100% agree with you that the visuals on this are just so amazing. Not only the visuals, but just like the just the designs on mm-hmm. the vehicles and the ships and everything. This world that they kind of built here is just absolutely incredible. Like the people that were in charge of like designing these uh, the, the, these gigantic. You know, um, uh, vehicles that predator cities, predator cities. Yeah, exactly. It just absolutely incredible. Um, I think the first two acts of this movie are pretty damn fun. I had a lot of fun with them. Even the third act is kind of fun, but it falls apart. It's it's oh yeah, it really falls apart. Did you notice that we got endings? For both Star Wars films within five minutes. Yeah. And also the Martha moment the with Mar- uh, yes. Shrike. There was the Martha moment with Shrike. But we got two Star Wars endings within five minutes in the third act in this movie. Mm-hmm. They blew up first, but they did it out of order. The trench run and then. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they blew up the Death Star. That happened second. But before that, we had the Empire Strikes Back ending. Mm hmm. We get yeah. all of that within five minutes. We get two Star Wars endings within five minutes of this movie in the third act. I think one of the main characters that they should have focused more on was uh, – was it Jiha? Jihei. Jihei, played by Anna Fang. Yeah, she was a compelling character. Uh, no, it was, and they, they didn't it was, spend any time with her. It was Anna Fang, played by Jiha. Right. Yeah, right. Jihei or whatever. Yeah, Anna Fang. I loved Anna Fang in this movie. I thought she was great. One of the most – like personable and fun characters to follow. That beautiful pompadour of hers, man. Oh my god, it was glorious, wasn't it? That was the most glorious <laughs> pompadour I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. I want seriously, like if I if they could make a mattress out of her goddamn hair, I would sleep <laughs> like a goddamn baby. Jake, my spinal cord would not have so many issues when I go to bed. You got to see this thing. It is fucking amazing. I would sleep. Her head would be like sleeping on a goddamn cloud. Yeah, I almost saw this thing today. Um, We get so few movies at our AMC Classic that are in actual IMAX 3D. And I saw that this was actually in that, but ended up getting called into work today. Um, I don't know. I thought Neil was making me think he hated this movie because every time you mentioned the word of it, he like was snickering about it. But then his review seemed kind of favorable. So now I'm kind of thinking maybe I should see this movie. I liked it more than I thought I would. It's Uh, yeah. Again, I went in with the same mentality I had for Robin Hood last time I was on. Mm -hmm. And this movie did not disappoint me. It, it, it kind of, just it was, was fun. what I thought it was going to be. It was a lot of fun. It was stupid, but I knew it was going to be stupid going yeah. in. And I was I was hoping for just a fun little romp. And it was that it takes a place. And, it takes place a thousand years from now. And some of the stuff that they do is actually fun. They've got like a museum about the past on this London predator city. And they they have these statues that they call deities and they're minions from the minions <laughs> oh my god oh my, my god this one guy in the theater like two seats away from me fucking lost his shit <laughs> when that happened and it, it may be annoyed but yeah. oh man <laughs> it, was, it was funny and yeah. it makes me kind of want to read the books yeah you know the like gr- i'm kind of interested in this world that they, that was created 
I wish they spent less time on world building and more time on character building. Right. And and made me connect with the, these these characters more. It was like the opposite of what I felt with The Hobbit, the first one that came out. Yeah. Where they uh, stretched that book into three movies. I wish they had stretched this book this book into more than one movie. I got um, a, I got a kick out of the when they were talking about the the food from the ancients. And she's, Twinkies? she's eating a Twinkie and it's like <laughs> it's a thousand years later and the Twinkie is fine. You could eat the Twinkie and it's one it's still moist, it's still and- moist. And she's like she says the the food from the ancients never gets bad. It never goes bad. <laughs> stuff like there was that. a yeah. lot of fun stuff in this. Yeah. And again, it, 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 the world that the, that was built was really cool. And I, I wanted to immerse myself more in the world and with the characters and I wish they hadn't gone for the big final act thing that they did. Yeah. Because I wanted to, I wanted to, to spend more time with these characters and especially, I mean, again, as I said, Robert Sheehan is a favorite of mine and, and I wanted his character to get more time on screen to do what Robert Sheehan does best, which is being a ridiculous hilarious annoying asshole Mm. did you notice the similarities between this and spider-man into the spider-verse two gigantic (laughs) world altering devices that can be (laughs) shut down by a hard drive crash or uh or a goober as you want to call it right (laughs) A fucking zip drive, yeah. A zip drive, yeah. I was kind of like, oh my god, I'm, I've, I've literally watched two movies <laughs> where a flash drive is main, main MacGuffin. <laughs> it's a fucking flash drive. Yeah, they look a little different, but it's I, a fucking flash drive. Mortal Engines is a taste it for me. I, I don't think that you have to see this in the theater. This is a fun one to maybe catch on Stars or maybe even Redbox it when it comes it's, out. Get super stoned and watch this movie. You'll be delighted by the visuals. Yes, that's it's, the thing. A, if, if you are gonna, culture leftovers does not condone drug use. <laughs> For mortal engines, we do. Um, but, <laughs> you know, no. It's a, here's the thing, Jake. It's like part of me is saying that, but on the flip side, it's like I don't know if I would have enjoyed this as much as I did had I not seen it in IMAX because the sound was amazing. <laughs> The dude, the, just like when they are in those predator cities, just the way that these things move, the way that they operate, the just everything about them is a, is pretty incredible looking. Like whoever d- designed these things just did a, a bang up job. Like that that one uh, thing that they fall into that is like a it, it's it's crawling around on the land. Yes, I want to spend more time in that right. and with those characters because those were some weird fucking people. Yeah, and I thought there was some stuff to be mined in there. It, it, it felt like a miss to me because they could have made a really good movie set in this world, mm. and they made a mediocre movie with a. Uh, sky beam ending basically but it, the movie do, i will say this it does move and you get to yeah. go to different places and also 
Another Star Wars reference, we, they take you to Cloud City, right? I mean, <laughs> yes, they do. I know. But see, the movie does move and you get so many different settings in this world. And that's that's part of the fun that I had with this one. It's like one minute we're in that, you know, that 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 machine that you're talking about, that land. It looks like a centipede kind of like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're in that vehicle. We're on, now, you know, one minute you're in this gigantic uh, London Predator City. The next minute you're up in the clouds. The next minute you're, you know, you're at the the Great Wall. Apparently, like I, what uh, what do they call those people? Like uh, Shield Wall. The, uh, yeah, the Shen Yu. The Shen Yunese. Those Shen Yunese yeah. people. Like that whole group of people. And and uh, I thought that that was really interesting. Man, yeah, it's it's definitely a taste. That I I did not hate this movie. I no. I was expecting after I read the critics' <laughs> reviews to hate this movie, and I actually watched it and had myself a pretty damn good time. Yeah, uh, I, I went in. Uh, so I watched this. Then immediately after I watched, I, I, immediately after this, I watched Spider Verse because I, I set that up because I, I I thought that I was going to hate this movie a lot. And I yeah. wanted to wash my palate. Yeah, but I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. It was again. I I went in with the same um, preconceptions that I had about Robin Hood, where I was like, okay, this is going to be a, a fuck fuck show. This is mm-hmm. going to suck. And I'm going to want something to wash my palate with afterwards. And I actually like this more than I thought I would. All right. So let's move on from Mortal Engines. And (laughs) we'll talk briefly. And I'm going to let you guys direct this. We'll talk about Aquaman. I went and saw Aquaman last night. Neil, did you see Aquaman? No. I saw Aquaman last night. And I'm going to let you guys direct this whole thing. What do you want to know? Uh, I mean, did you enjoy it just right off the top? Yeah. No, that's a very hesitant. Yeah. <laughs> that's did unfortunate. You enjoy did you as much as you thought you were going to? No, I did not enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. Mm. Did you enjoy it more than Wonder Woman? No. Mm. Was Jason Momoa good? He was good. Um, Yes, he was good. I would say he was good. Not the problem. No. Mm-hmm. Were the special effects as good as they looked like they were going to be in the trailers? Got to see it in 3D. I got to see this in 3D. Uh, my showing was not 3D. The Amazon Prime screening was not 3D. Want to see it in 3D? Uh, they look pretty damn good. The underwater stuff's great. I think James Wan did a fantastic job with the underwater action in this one. There's the scene that we've seen in the trailer where, um, you know, uh, his, his father, where they live, the lighthouse and everything, is being uh, Ocean Master. Uh, we've got, like, this uh, wave that's attacking um, the harbor there. Um, Aquaman's action scene in that is just absolutely amazing. It is it is gorgeous. It's so good. That is awesome. I, I absolutely love that. There are some special effects that do lack, though. There's a part where Aquaman is chained up. I'm not spoiling anything here, real big people. I'm, I, this is pretty much non-spoilers. There's a part where he's chained up, and it's like the, the Atlantean chains that they have on him just look terrible i'm like it, that but other than that i thought the special effects were pretty damn good for the most part 
Hmm. And maybe like you said, that's one of those things that'll translate better in a 3D showing because I know sometimes effects do yes. kind of look better in 3D when they're meant to be 3D. Yeah, my second viewing, which will be next week on Saturday morning, is a 3D showing. So I definitely want to give it that. And, you know, my thoughts on this movie could change upon second viewing, possibly. We'll see. Is the story as derivative as it seems to be? Yes. Hmm. It, is Julie Andrews good? Yeah. Oh, she's great. She's oh, cool. so good. And I, I really loved her scene. And I loved Jason Momoa's interaction with her. And that was fun and surprising. And one of the most surprising scenes in the movie, actually. But they kind of spoiled that with her because they showed her in the trailer in a later moment in the film and so you kind of saw that coming. So the trailer team kind of fucked that up for me in a way. Mm. Um, also, uh, I'll just say the movie's very paint by numbers. There, there, there's nothing, and the humor's not as good as what I wanted it. There, there's mm. some shit that just hits. They, they really try to recreate the. Diana scene where she eats ice cream for the first time, but it's it's uh, Mira on land for the first time, and they try to recreate that and add some humor into that one, and it wasn't good. Um, someone asked me my thoughts on Black Manta. Was Black Manta a good villain? Suit looks absolutely amazing. The actor playing him and portraying him absolutely terrible. Uh, who was it again? Uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember the name of the actor. I can't. It's a. It's a hard. Well, that memorable. Boy. It's a hard name to pronounce. <laughs> Anything else? Is it better than Man of Steel? In my opinion, no. Mm. But that I, I I I absolutely loved Man of Steel. I know. Hmm. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, was um, were the action sequences fun? Did yes. James Wan do a good job with that? Action sequences are amazing. They are absolutely incredible. James Wan nails that. This movie plays it safe, in my opinion. This is basically like um, this is DC's version of if you can't beat them, join them. And it's mm. DC doing Marvel. They do. So is the, it like? Is it like DC's version of Ant Man? Yes, but not as funny. Oh. And I know I'm not the biggest fan of Luis in those movies, so that says a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I loved Ant Man, and I don't didn't agree with your take on it, but sure. No, that, I understand it, and that makes sense what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> Jason Momoa is a fine Aquaman. He's a fine Aquaman. He is. But it's this is... Uh, hmm. Did it deserve to make as much money in China as it did? Oh, I can see why they love this thing. I, they, okay. You know, I, I can definitely... See. It, it is a visual feast, and yeah, I can see why. They're, they're, you know, it's unpredictable as to what they're going to gravitate to 
over there in China. They loved Venom, you know, and they yeah, loved, they did. Yeah, they fucking did. Well, China, Holy shit! Yeah, China loved the Avatar films. China loved the Resident Evil films, and and they're loving did, Aquaman. So didn't this break Venom's record in in China already? Uh, it's or was made, it like close or something, dude? This I don't know the totals in China, but it's made two hundred million internationally total. Yeah. Wow. How, how long has it been out in China now? Like a week? A week or so, yeah. Two. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, they're eating this up, huh? Uh, Nicole Kidman? Fantastic. Oh, my God. Her first action scene is just uh, so amazing. I love how's her. Will, how's Willem Dafoe in this? Loved him as Volko. He's rock. Dude, I give him his man bun is a Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first Tupperware man bun I've ever heard of. I loved I loved Willem Dafoe in this. I thought he was great. Nice. I'm letting you guys direct this thing for the most part. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of what other beats I wanted to know about this thing. Uh, you know, I'm just kind of very skeptic about what I'm going to think about this thing in particular. I, I, do you think I'll like it, Brian? I think you'll come out of it kind of like where I'm at. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you that's think unfortunate. Like- do you think my skepticism towards the DCEU is warranted because of this? I think that the... <sighs> I'm, you know, that's a tough one now that we've got James Gunn in the, uh, in the fold now. So, yeah, I... I think that... I think that you'll come out of this feeling about as excited about this as you are mortal engines i'm i don't <laughs> I'm, I, I didn't so i won't be disappointed but I, I won't be blown away there's nothing surprising in this movie nothing that happens is surprising in this movie for me it's it's very paint by numbers like yeah these are these are all things that are going to happen in this movie there's nothing really surprising no surprises so it's just a fun visual action movie. That's very long. It's two hours and 15 minutes. It's, mm. it's long. Mm-hmm. Does it feel long? It does. In the middle, it really does. Did it have a post credits? Yes. There's a mid credits scene. After the mid credits, you can leave. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, I, I don't know. I'm a little less excited, kind of. I mean,. What's your rating of this thing? Did I ask you that? No, you didn't. I uh, do you want it? Yeah, it's a taste it. Okay, Ooh. right down the middle, huh? Yeah, it's okay. right down the middle. It's right. At, I would say that the first, um, God damn it! I'm telling you, Nicole Kidman. Like, if it would have kept up at the same like pace that it started off with with Nicole Kidman, um. That's a Tupperware. I love the scene that the swerve that we get with like him and his dad sharing a beer. There's a funny scene there with that where you you think it's going to go one way and it doesn't. And they do something really funny. And I was like, oh, that's just that's classic Jason Momoa. You can tell Jason Momoa is just having a blast doing this movie, though. And so I love that. 
Um, J- James Wan's direction on this is so good. I think that he does it. I think my biggest problem is actually the screenplay and that there's <laughs> nothing like new and exciting. And then like Black Manta, for as much as we're like, just get the suit right. It's not enough, people. Black, Man- <laughs> Black Manta's origin story is pretty fucking laughable. The way and it's and then his performance in this movie is pretty fucking laughable. Like I did not enjoy this actor that played him at all, dude. It was not it. Uh, so, yeah, um, it's a it's a taste for me. Uh, I mean, I'm going to have a full breakdown. We're going to record a full breakdown next week. Jake, I know you're going to be possibly late to that one, but I've got you know a couple other people on, and we're going to talk about it. I'm hoping that maybe they viewed this one, and they, I'm hoping that they loved it because it would be an interesting conversation. But for me, this was just not it's, – it's not terrible. I, I think it's a step in the right direction as far as these movies are concerned. But it feels like, it feels like DC's first attempt at a real Marvel movie. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, it'll be a rare occurrence for, you know, someone to know how you feel about the movie already. If they are, if they do end up being a big fan of it, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they can bring some good, you know, arguments to the table. I'm going to watch maybe it. Even that's myself. Yeah, I'm going to watch it again. So we'll see. I'm going to watch it again and we'll see if my rating goes up or if it goes down. So um, it'll be interesting. I don't see it going down. I could only see it going up upon second viewing. Um, that's good. I know I sound like I'm really down on this, but there were parts that I really had a lot of fun with that. I really, it sounds like it was pretty uneven for you where there were parts that you fucking absolutely loved. And there were parts that you absolutely fucking hated. Yeah. And and And, uh, generally for me, like if I see a movie where it's like that, the parts that I hated, I, I hate less on second viewing. Mm hmm. Because I, I know that they're coming and um, I can kind of forgive them a little bit more yeah. the second time in general. We'll see. The, the music in this, too, there's parts where I love it. And then there's parts where I'm like, ah, Thor Ragnarok did it first. And then <laughs> and I'm better. They do this. And then there's part where there's Pitbull Africa. <laughs> yeah. Which I still haven't heard. That was bad. I'm waiting for the movie to, to hear it. I've got one more thing to talk about before we jump into the pop culture leftovers news, but we're going to take a break first. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about Roma. Did you get a chance to see this at all, Neil? No. Okay. I'm going to talk about Roma when we come back. Cool. Listen, group. It's simple. If you want to help the pop culture leftovers, go to the pop and do all your shopping from the Amazon link. I am Groot. It doesn't cost you extra, and it helps the leftovers. Got it? I am Groot. Yeah, people can buy hats at Amazon. Are you still hung up on that hats thing? I am Groot. Yeah, okay, I got it. You don't have to buy your hats there. I am Groot. You're impossible. For anyone else who doesn't have a strange or borderline psychotic hatred for hats, please head over to popcultureleftovers.com and use the Amazon link already. I am Groot. And now you're wearing a hat. I freaking give up. A 
Attention, the following is an important consumer warning. Listening to PCO might be harmful to your health. I'm Yaden Palm. You might know me as Sturdy, but after years of listening to PCO, I might have developed a multiple personality syndrome. At first, I didn't quite buy into it until... <laughs> the cynical laughter of the Joker popped into my head, but things got really weird when my wife found me in the dark closet saying, The power of the darkness. And I will let nothing stand in our way. At which point I jumped up and said to her, Well there, honey, I didn't know you were sitting there watching me. Then it dawned on me, I don't even have a wife. It was Ollie Williams with the Blackie Report. It's gonna rain! Get your umbrella! All in all, the condition isn't that bad, because I have the PCL. Ohana means family. For more of my voices, search me on social media, Y-E-A-D-O-N, Paul Vio. All right, hey, we are back. I wanted to talk about Roma. It's the new movie that just debuted on Netflix. Could have just watched this one for free. Could have just went to Netflix and watched this one for free. Uh, I was in uh, Champaign today, Champaign, Illinois, watching uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse for my second viewing. And then I was like, you know what? Roma is playing at the art theater. I would rather see it in the theater. I would rather support Alfonso Cuaron by seeing this in the theater. And then also, you know, it's one of those things where I'm at home and there are distractions. Yeah, I live by myself. But on the flip side, like I do have two cats here that demand my attention. I've got, you know, the PCL Facebook page and Twitter that kind of blow up and shit. And so I'm always checking those. So I'm always doing things. And I just really wanted to kind of like be able to like this is this is a passion project for Alfonso Cuaron. It's about a story that chronicles a year in the life of a high-class family's maid in Mexico City in the early 1970s. So it takes place between like 1970 and 1972, I believe. Um, But I really wanted to just kind of watch this on the big screen and uh, not have any of those distractions. And also... Yeah, I get it. Some people are just going to be like, why didn't you just watch this on Netflix? I, I, I want to support independent film, and I wanted to see this in the theater the way that Alfonso Cuaron wanted it to be, the way he intended it to be. He wrote and directed this. This is a passion project for him, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit because that's absolutely amazing. I think it's important to actually support yes. artists with your pocketbook. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really wanted to give this movie the love that he put into it. Um, 90% of this movie is Alfonso Cuaron's memories of growing up wow. and, and seeing this happen. This is based on a true story for the most part. This <laughs> Roma, Roma is amor, which is Spanish. It's... It, it's backwards. It's but Spanish. The Spanish word of amor is love, and 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 Roma is amor spelled backwards. And this is a story of love, but it's also a story of tragedy. And but it shows you that everybody needs love, and it doesn't matter who you are. You need love. I I can, the 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 main actress Yalitza Aparicio, who plays Cleo, absolutely fell in love with Cleo throughout this movie absolutely fell in love with her it, this movie this movie fucking rocked me afterwards hmm. I, I, I was driving home and just there were 
I, I was brought to tears thinking about this movie and just blown away because like I didn't do my research on this until the ride home. Um, Wait, did I, you see? Did you say you saw this the sa- the same day you saw Spider Man? Yeah, well, I saw my second viewing of Spider Man. So after my okay. second viewing of Spider Man, I I went and uh, there there's a you know an hour or so before the show, and so I went and took care of a few things, and then showed up to the theater and got there a little bit early and I was just like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to see Roma. This is, I love Alfonso Cuaron. He did gravity. Amazing. Yeah. He's great. He did gravity. Didn't he do, uh, uh, the best Harry Potter movie too? Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. Correct. Prisoner of Azkaban. And he did children Children of men. Children of men. Oh, such a good movie. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to, and this is his first movie since Gravity, so it's been five years mm. since we've got a Quran movie. Um, ninety, like I said, ninety percent of this stuff is true. the 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 real Cleo is still alive to this day. Oh wow! And um, she's a part of their family's life. They they actually consider her part of the family. Um, <laughs> there's a scene in this that will. That just destroyed me. And I'm, I'm crying in the theater. This is before I knew it was a true story. It, it, this poor woman. Like, uh, this is a story that needs to be told. It's, she's just a maid. And, like, they, they, she, she just cleans up their messes. Um, I was going to come on here and say, oh, this movie is dog shit. And it was a joke because there's a lot of dog shit in this movie. The family has a dog. <laughs> The family has a, <laughs> the family has a dog, and she's always cleaning up dog shit. And there are literally scenes throughout this entire movie where they where they get you know uh, in the driveway where where the family pulls up to park the family car, which the family car thing is just a joke in itself. It's absolutely hilarious. They've got this car that's just this big boat of a car, and every time they pull it in, like they're scratching it up and fucking it up because there's not enough room to park this big thing. But you see dog shit throughout this entire movie, and that's that's what she does. She cleans up after them, and um, she's, you know, sometimes they're yelling at her about, you know, cleaning up stuff. It's not... But she's got she's also got her own side things going on with her real life after she gets off work she has a relationship with a man and and uh things happen i i don't want to spoil this one um you can go on netflix and watch it now i'm not saying you have to watch this in the theater but i would highly recommend it if you can um just to support alfonso and this beautiful movie it is an absolute tupperware this is one of the year's best there is a, there are scenes in this movie that just rocked me this movie just took me by surprise is how beautifully shot it was. It's all black and white. It's the whole thing's filmed in black and white and it all takes place in Mexico city. And they actually filmed in Mexico city. Everything, everything is legit. There, there's no special effects with this one. It's the real Cleo. She just, just an amazing person. Sometimes you watch movies, Jake, where, Neil, where you, your, your main person is just like, you're just like, 
ah, oh, this person, you know, there's some things that they do that I don't like or I don't agree with and I, I don't like this person. This woman has given so much shit in her life. So many bad things happen to her in her life, but not once does she act out and yell at anyone and treat anybody like shit. She just takes it all. She's very quiet and she just takes it all. But you get to see her in these, in these small, these little intimate moments and... God, this movie just, this movie just, it touched me. It touched me. It made me feel things. And the, the movie depicts the Halkanazo. It's a scene where Cleo and Teresa go to this furniture store and they're looking for a crib for a baby that's, a, that's due at any moment. And the government had sent these CIA-trained Mexican soldiers to repress a student protest and the scene just comes out of nowhere and they and and he sets it up beautifully you get to see the training for these guys and it's a completely different scene than what we actually see when they're actually you know um involved in this student protest and there's it's very emotional it, there, there's scenes of people dying and people lo- you know people like their loved ones crying in the street over people that were there for a student protest and god damn it this this movie is just absolutely incredible please it's two hours and 15 minutes give it the time on netflix you know uh, put the kids to bed get all the distractions out of the way and just zone in on this one put Turn your fucking phone off. I, I, that, that's what, that's where, like, when I paid nine bucks for my ticket today, that's what I paid it for. To turn your phone off? To yeah. turn my fucking phone off. Because, like, I wanted that. It, and, you, and people are thinking I'm crazy. Like, you got Netflix. You can just go, you can turn on your Netflix. I paid for the luxury of being able to sit in a dark room with other people and enjoy this movie and not have to worry about all the distractions. I hear that. Like, I mean, when I watch Netflix, I always end up playing on my phone instead of actually paying attention. And when I'm in the theater, I'm actually fully engaged in what I'm watching. And I've heard that there's some controversy around this movie because it's nominated for some awards for Best foreign film Mm -hmm. and so it's ineligible for best picture but it should be considered for best best picture because that's it's that good yeah it really is that good it's so it this movie sneaks up on you man it sneaks up on you and this is a character not a character this is a this is a we're following this woman who other movies wouldn't follow her they'd follow the family they wouldn't follow the maid of the they they follow this first class family this rich family and like some of the hardships that they're going through as some of the things change in their family they don't follow the hmm. maid that cleans up after them that and that's what makes this movie so special and the and the, the fact that like this comes directly from Alfonso Cuarón this is a personal story and he's he's still 
has a relationship with the woman, the real Cleo. Man, this this is a, it's a beautiful movie, written and directed by Alfonso Cuarón, and it's so, it's so beautiful and it's so sad. There, there's a scene in this that will fucking destroy you. I promise you, it will fucking destroy you if you've not been dicking around on your phone and doing other shit. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a scene in this movie where I was crying in the theater because it just broke me. I've never seen anything like this, and I hope I never have to watch anything like that again. It was so hard to watch. And it was heartbreaking. It was so heartbreaking. And it make uh, any movie that makes me feel anything, anything is is worth a viewing. And this this movie gives you feels and um, you fall in love with Cleo by the end of this movie. A very, a very quiet, shy person. But God, watch this movie. Watch Roma. Please watch nice. Roma. Watch Roma. Uh, this is uh, a very. There's nothing like it. You know, I, I didn't know what to expect, but my God, I I, I I've fallen in love with this movie. It is it is one of the year's best. So watch Roma if you got Netflix, and I'd, I'd say ninety percent of the people listening to this have access to Netflix. So watch. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. It, it seems like it's going to be one of those sneaker. Uh, hits that people actually re- it resonates with people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see it. I'm a huge fan of Alfonso Cuarón, and knowing that it's such a personal story kind of has to be really jazzed to see what this is all about. And mm-hmm. yeah, I can't wait to see it. I mean, God, his cinematography and long takes are second to none in his movies. So I'm sh- I'm sure it's just gorgeous and excited to see what he does with like the black and white format too and the way he did this it was so personal to him that he wouldn't let people know what they were doing until the day of recording so like wow. nobody knew their character's journey that they were playing when they would film <laughs> it so they would find out the day of like what their character was doing it, it, that's that's weird. That's that's pretty fucking crazy, isn't it? Isn't it? So it was. Yeah, these things were doled out day by day. They every day they didn't know what they were doing from one day to the next. It's a, a, an interesting way to direct a movie, but mm-hmm. he but he did it, and he, and he did it great. And and I and I think that he the way he lived this, the way he saw this growing up knowing the real woman and how personal of a story this was, he wanted the actors to go through that as well. And that's brilliant. That is brilliant. Yeah. You get that real emotion, you know, actually getting into the story, becoming these characters and then having the things happen to you, you know? Yeah. It's like reliving those moments. Yeah. And one of the interesting things about you bringing this up is, is, um, I'm listening to an episode of unspooled right now. Um, where they reference this movie because Schindler's, Schindler, Schindler's List just got re-released in theaters. That's true. Which yeah. is also another black and white movie. And they were talking about using black and white uh, cinematography a, as a device. And, and it, it, it really does evoke a lot more emotion, I think, because everything is such high contrast. And you really have to um, concentrate more on story and, and just the bleakness of, of the human existence when you're looking at something in black and white compared to a, a color fest. And it, it really is a an art form that has 
kind of had a bit of a resurgence, but it's so sparsely done that it makes when when it is done well, um, those 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 pieces of art just pop so much more. Yeah. Yeah. This didn't have to be done in black and white. Like this is not like Alfonso Cuarón's first movie. Like he's trying to like save money here and it's not, you know, and he didn't know where he was going to get distribution. It Mm -hmm. just happened to happen with Netflix. Um, the, the look of this too, the, the way he makes Mexico city. I, I couldn't tell you what Mexico city looked like in 1970, but now I, feel like i do because he did such a great job (laughs) with it with all the cars and the way everything you know there's scenes of them just walking through mexico city the way it would have looked in 1970 and and um yeah this is this a story like i love i love stories where like you know we get we get a ton of movies that are set in new york city right i mean i've never even been to new york but i feel like i know new york city this is 1970s Mexico City and it's and it's a story about a maid and about this family and it, it's really focused on her yes the family is there but it's really focused on her it's her story and oh, god damn it this is Tupperware the fuck out of this movie and it will there's a scene there's there's actually a few scenes but there's one scene that will just rock you and you will I promise you you will be crying if you if you're not uh, crying in that scene you are you're you're dead inside <laughs> you're fucking dead inside you're, do you think there will be any actor nods for this movie or just uh best picture best director yeah best picture best director i I would hope that the academy would recognize this actress that played Cleo I really do. But I, I think we're looking at, uh, yeah, best picture, best director, um, possibly a cinematography. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah, the Academy, it, it seems like, is uh, expanding its its worldview the right. last few years. Yeah. Especially last year with Get Out getting so many nominations. Well, and then this year uh, with the Golden Globes nominating black panther and i would put her, seems like they're trying i would put her performance right up there with uh lupita nyong'o in uh, 12 years a slave so i think oh, that wow. they definitely nice. should give her some consideration here that'd be awesome so hey let's talk about triple frontier the new trailer that came out this is also a netflix movie that looks like it's gonna come out sometime in march Yes, okay. that's correct. March 2019. Five friends reunite to take down a South American drug lord in the notorious Paraguay, Argentina, and Brazil border zone, unleashing a chain of unintended consequences. Triple Frontier is an upcoming Netflix action crime film directed by J.C. Shandor with a screenplay by Shandor and Mark Bull. From a story from Bull, the film stars Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Hudland, and Pedro Pascal. Every woman just got wet when I named off that. <laughs> it is like a who's who of who's hunky right now. This movie has actually been, they've been wanting to do this for quite some time. This has been around since 2010. We've had a lot of different stars attached to this thing. 
Tom Hanks was once attached. Will Smith was signed on. Johnny Depp was rumored twice. Uh, this is the cast that we ended up with. But uh, in the movie, Affleck sets out to rob. This comes from THR. Sets out to rob a violent cartel along the group of fellow ex-Special Forces operatives played by Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Hedlund, and Pedro Pascal. The former operatives reunite to plan a heist in a sparsely populated multi-border zone of South Africa. For the first time in their prestigious careers, these heroes are taking on a dangerous mission for their own selves instead of their country. Quote, make no mistake about it, you guys need to own the fact that we do not have the flag on our shoulders. You cannot go back to your normal life after tonight, Affleck tells the assembled group. Um, This uh, trailer just released last Sunday, and this kind of came out of nowhere for me. I didn't know that this movie was coming out. I think that this was a fantastic trailer. Um, I don't know how the movie's going to be, but my God, I thought this was a fantastic trailer about these soldiers that have done so much for their country. And they're talking about how if we would have excelled this way in any other field, in any other job, in any other career, we would be living like millionaires, living an amazing life. But we don't have enough to even send our own children to college. So now... We need to steal $75 million in cash, uh, you know, in South America from this, uh, you know, drug cartel. And this seems like it's going to be not only just amazing character study as to these characters, like, like what brings, what gets them to this point, like who's got to talk who into what, and then putting the plan together. And then executing the plan as soldiers, but not 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 wearing the flag, not having the flag behind them. This is this is for them. This is this is them doing what they do, what they would done for the country. But they're doing it for themselves now. I think the trailer gave me everything that I needed to know about this movie to set it up for uh, me wanting to watch it. I, I Tupperware the fuck out of this trailer. Now, if the movie performs or not i don't know but this movie got me so hyped it got me hyped as fuck and i love this cast love this cast uh what'd you think neil uh i saw the trailer first during a basketball game when i was watching the warriors and it, it took all of us who were sitting at the bar by surprise because uh none of us knew what was happening and it, it, it's a great fucking trailer. It really is. The cast looks amazing, and I have no interest in seeing this movie. Wow. Why? Why Why not? I, I just don't care about this story. It's been done so many times, and yes, the cast is amazing. The trailer is amazing, but it, it, it just it doesn't make me interested at all because I've seen this movie, I don't know, 40 times <laughs> over the years. What, what if they? It, it, what if they were? It's, it's, what if they were controlling large predator cities? <laughs> then I might be more interested. <laughs> no, it just—it just like yes, 
I, I love all these actors, that, and they all look great in this trailer. This trailer is amazing, but it does nothing for my interest in the movie because I don't care about this story at all. Uh, I've seen it before so many fucking times, yes, and that's true. I, I get it. I just don't. I just don't care. <laughs> I understand. No, I get it. Jake, what'd you think? I'm gonna. I'm gonna side with you a little bit more. I wasn't as blown away as you seem to be, but I was gonna give it a high taste. It. Um, I thought the cast looked absolutely stellar. Um, I, I loved the usage of the Bob Dylan song "Masters of War" in this trailer. It's one of my all-time favorite Bob Dylan songs, and that really kind of caught my attention right away when I was watching this thing. And I thought this looked really good. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this. I'm excited to see this in March. Um, it looked like a really high-profile project for netflix something that's gonna bring a lot of eyes to them so mm-hmm. i don't know this was a great trailer i thought i taste it this is also gonna hit select theaters in march so if i can see it somewhere near me in a theater um march that's around the time when with c2e2 neil i'm gonna drag you to this fucking movie <laughs> <laughs> you can go see captain marvel for a fourth time and then uh, go see this movie oh my god when we all meet for c2e2 we will be like two, three weeks out fresh from Captain Marvel. That'll be fun to talk oh, about. That will be go, fun. I want to go see uh, Captain Marvel with a bunch of the people who are there with me, with us. Oh, yeah. I uh, I have seen, uh, I saw, we got to see Justice League with Pete Neen. But I got to see. Yeah, I remember that. I got I, into it online and I got, with people. I got to see. I got to see. <laughs> I got to see Civil War with Basil Terabishi, one of our listeners, and that was fantastic. So I went and saw Blockers with Leo Bateman last year. At oh no after shit! That was a fun movie. It was a fun fucking movie. We had a great time. It, yeah. it was nice. It was a nice cap upon our C two E two weekend last yeah. this last year. Yeah, yeah. Leo's a good guy. He's funny. Oh yeah, Leo was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't know, man. God damn you, Neil! You son of a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for making the Debbie Downer here, but I just I Tupperware the fuck out of the trailer. Yeah, I have no interest in seeing the movie. Mm. That's my my view. Hold like, on, I, like, I, I love the trailer. It looks like yeah. a great fucking fun time i just don't care about that story at all wow so it's just the story like because see the thing is do you what other movies do they do that are the execs like western movies all kind of take place in like the old west do you, are you done with western films like, i don't like westerns except for like westworld all right hold on let's move on to a different genre different time period. <laughs> hold on hold on medieval times medieval how many medieval movies have you seen where people are pulling out bows pulling out swords got some shields got armor do you watch those movies still no well i saw robin hood but you know how i felt about that how about how about uh sci-fi stuff with Laser guns, laser pistols. Are you done with okay. laser pistols? I like laser pistols, but if they do something different with it, then yeah, I'm down for it. Like sci- sci-fi is a, is a genre that I'm way more into than say military thrillers. Yeah, 
I'm not, I'm not going to be able to beat you down on this one. You are not budget. Valid <laughs> <laughs> effort. I got answers for everything. I know. To throw up. I, I love having you on, Neil. God damn it. <laughs> I love having And the, the fact is, like, if you, you just come out there and I hate it when people try to appease me. I really do. Jake, I love it when people fucking try to challenge me. Neil's, Neil is throwing down the gauntlet right now, and I love it. Yeah, he yeah, says, I, fuck this movie. I don't care about this story at all, and I'm glad that you do, but I don't. <laughs> like, not even a little bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. Okay, so last time I was on, I talked about that movie, The Losers. Yeah. And it, this reminds me of that. It, it's that story we've seen many times before of a special forces, special forces team who loses their special forces status and has to go on their own independent mission to uh, either make some money or clear their names or what the fuck ever. It's about a bunch of military dudes doing what they do best, which is be a bunch of dickheads. And it, it's I, I don't care. Yeah, but there, 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 so there, there's – hold on. Hold on. We don't know. Whoa. We, but not all plans it's – not, it's not all plans go through the way that they're supposed to go through. There's still room for shenanigans. Yeah, and the shenanigans are the same every time. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> you got the one guy who's a goofball. You got the one guy who's an explosive ex- expert. You know, it's 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 always the same. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but what about what about the explosive guy that isn't an expert? <laughs> I would watch that. Well, you always know what happens watch, to like, him. Everybody who's bad at their job <laughs> doing that job. All right. That would be a fun movie for me. It's like, oh, the explosive expert uh, blew himself up. Guys, I, I... That's Woody Harrelson in Dead Red Line. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That was uh, a great movie. I, I liked the first part of that movie, and then the rest of it can fuck off. I've seen it. I've seen it before, Neil. <laughs> I've been to war before. How many times? How many times are you gonna go to war? Oh man, yeah. God, God damn, I love how Neil's not backing off. Jake, that is, I love it. He's like, he's like, yeah, great trailer. Not gonna watch this fucking movie. Seen this? He's seen this a thousand times. Yeah. Neil got pretty hardcore there. Yeah. I, there's, some, there's some stuff he says that I don't want to touch with a fucking five foot pole. Oh man! All right, yeah, guys, that is Triple Frontier, which um, did, Jason Momoa did a Netflix series called Frontier. I just thought that this was going to be that <laughs> times three. I thought we were going to get three Momoas in this. No, this. Uh, yeah, three mimosas. I, you got me. Three mimosas. You don't got me. Oh, you want three mimosas? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on into the pop culture leftovers news, people. Okay. Oh, uh, do I have your <laughs> I have your I have your opinion. I have your approval there, Neil. Yes. Yes, you do. All right. Pop, <laughs> pop, pop, pop. You're like, I'm done talking about Triple Frontier. Yeah. Anything. He doesn't like news either. He's, he's done enough news his life. 
He's like, Triple Frontier, I've given you my opinion three times on how much I'm not going to watch this fucking movie, Brian. How's that for a triple threat, you son of a bitch? Um, yeah, let's move on into the pop culture leftovers news. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Deadline is reporting Toxic Avenger movie reboot and works at Legendary. Oh, my God. Legendary's been making some moves, everybody. Legendary's back, Jake. Is Legendary back? Legendary is doing the new Pokemon movie. Legendary signed Brian K. Vaughn. Learned about that last week. Going to do some of his properties. Legendary is also signed Matt Fraction. Going to do some of his comic books. We might get a Sex Criminals TV series. We might get a Sex Criminals movie. We don't know. They've also signed Kelly Sue DeConnick, so we might get a fucking pretty deadly movie, Jake. This is crazy. Now Legendary is doing a fucking Toxic Avenger movie reboot, and I absolutely toss this news. I, I'm telling you right now, I <laughs> I toss this news. Legendary as Entertainment has acquired feature film rights to the Toxic Avenger with a reboot of the iconic trauma horror hero franchise in the works. Original directors Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hertz of Kaufman's iconic B-movie studios, Trauma Entertainment, will serve as producers on the new film. Uh, the Toxic Avenger centers on Toxie, born when a mild-mannered janitor named Melvin from Tromaville, New Jersey, took a tumble into radioactive toxic waste. The feckless Melvin emerges transformed into Toxie, a repulsive yet oddly endearing mutant who's uh, who, uh, hero who stands up to bullies and corruption with often lethal zeal. Yeah, so I grew up with the Toxic Avenger. Probably didn't see this one until I was 12, so it had already been out for a few years. But, uh, yeah, it's Toxic Avenger. He's, uh, he, he, it's fucking Melvin who turns into this mutant who wears a tutu and fights with a mop. He's a janitor that fights with a mop. And it had a cartoon spinoff. Uh, it had three sequel films. Uh, it had a, a musical that came out fucking last year at C2E2, Jake. Marvel comic. Jake, I... Neil, I, Neil, do you have any experience with the Toxic Avenger? Oh, I love the Toxic Avenger. I love all trauma films. Yes. Uh, trauma and Juliet is one of my all-time favorites uh, with Sean Gunn in it and written by James, James? Gunn. Yeah, written by James. Uh, I don't want to see this movie. I don't <laughs> think that it should be made. Um, Toxic Avenger was perfect when it came out. And there's no reason for it to be rebooted or anything. Jake, what do you, I mean, you can agree or disagree. It's, it's one of those things where I just don't, even though Lloyd Kaufman, God bless him, he's still involved in this thing as a producer. I just don't feel like this is going to capture that trauma feel. There's something about that trauma feel that that's, I feel like this is going to be a toxic Avenger that they kind of like, give us that they're trying to appease the masses and trauma is not going to appease the masses. And that's kind of what I love about trauma. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I just have to agree with you guys. Like I can see the appeal though. Like I, I I'm with Neil. Like I do not need to see this movie. I, I think Brian, you're kind of expressing that too, 
but I mean, I can see the appeal for Legendary, right? It's like it's a cheap franchise that still has some kind of pop culture knowledge that people still remember or know about that they could possibly make some cheap bucks off of. So unfortunately, I can kind of see, you know, where their production team is coming from here. But, yeah, I do think this will probably not be a great movie. Yeah, it feels like a fucking money grab uh, off a property that has already run its course. I, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I'm feeling with it here, which which is unfortunate. But you know, I see. I mean, well, I see why they're doing it. They, I mean, they need Toxie, to make some loot. Toxie forever, but mm, I don't need another version of this. What if we find a, out a non-trauma version? Yeah. What if we find out Toxic Avenger movie reboot in works at Legendary? That's the news here. Two three weeks, a month go by. We find out a director, James Gunn, directing Toxic Avenger movie reboot. What, what, what are your thoughts then? I, I, and this is all just fucking conjecture. Yeah, yes. I gotcha. If it was the James Gunn Toxic Avenger reboot, I would be here for it. I mean, I'd be much more here for it than I am. Yes. Yes. I would be more down for a James Gunn reboot than anybody else. Um, Even if Lloyd Kaufman himself came on and was going to direct it, I would rather have a James Gunn version than the new Lloyd Kaufman version. Uh, But even still, mm, mm, I I don't really want to see it at all. Yeah, there's definitely better things James Gunn could do with this time. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's. I mean, I will I will sign on to any James Gunn property that he ever touches because he is amazing and deserves to get all the stuff. But there's no reason to make this movie. It it, it doesn't need to exist. <laughs> what, yeah, what's next? Like, uh, Legendary is going to do a, a reboot of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Yeah, Critters. <laughs> well, we're, we are getting Critters on sci-fi, Jake. Uh, oh, that's right, that's right. As long as they do that Tommyknocker style, I'll be down. I just... I, what, yeah. two episodes only? Well, just the, the CGI. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just... This... I love the original. Just go back and watch the original. I just, I, I, you know, I love that. I love, <laughs> I just love the trope, <laughs> the trauma hyper violence. We're like, so good. Yeah. Like we're like, they crush heads and you can clearly tell it's fake. And like, I, they got to keep that hyper violence. But <laughs> when you got legendary, who's definitely known for like their special effects and like what they can bring to a project, like, I think you take out a lot of the practical fun of what you got in those original Toxic Avenger movies. And they're they're bad. I mean, they're bad B-movies, but man, oh, yeah. they're really bad. But it has – that's the thing. It's like there is a Tromaville there's – a, there's a Troma Studios feel to these. And like once you're a fan, like you're a fan. I just feel like this will be like the new Child's Play reboot. Yeah, I mean, trauma is trauma, and you can't really touch it because it was of its time. Yeah, uh, you look at you know Toxic Avenger, Sergeant Kabuki Man, uh, a class of Newcom High. Yeah, uh, Tromeo and Juliet again is being a 
a, a theater nerd is is one of my favorite all time trauma films, and just watching them the retell uh, Romeo and Juliet with a trauma feel to it with you know, lesbian sex scenes and a penis monster and uh, <laughs> Lemmy being the fucking narrator. It, 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 there, There's a time where that was appropriate and it's, you can't make some of the, the jokes now that you could then and you, you can't capture that moment of, uh, of cultural zeitgeist anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are they going to uh, – honestly, this is how I see it going. Hey, uh, yeah, we've got this so-and-so director. Um, and, oh, Charlie Day is going to be playing Melvin in the new. And I love mm. Charlie Day. It's just I, – I don't want to see this. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. Yeah. It, it's one of those things – it's one of those properties where – Yes, it could be rebooted. rebooted. It's like Captain Planet, where it could be redone again. But you don't need to. And you shouldn't. Because it was of its time, and it was so perfect for when it came out, that you shouldn't sully that image. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I I couldn't agree more. I just, I I read this news, and it's like, if I want to see a new Toxic Avenger movie, I want to see it coming out of Troma Studios from Louis Kaufman. Although I would, I would uh, sign off on a Chris Hemsworth Toxic or uh, uh, Captain Planet. I want to. I, I want the. I want the. I want the official. <laughs> I, want the official <laughs> I want to see Chris Hemsworth no. with a mullet playing, I, to, playing Captain Planet. I want. I want Don Shadle back as Captain Planet. Oh, so good. Those are those great. shorts on those the shorts college are, humor. Yes, those are amazing. <laughs> Guys, I got Jurassic 3, Jurassic uh, World 3 news uh, from Dark Horizons. Neil, sound like you're excited. Super excited. Uh, <laughs> listen to you. I, I've seen these dinosaur movies a hundred times. With the I, end. I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. What do you got? I don't like the Jurassic World movies at all. Um, I, I love the first Jurassic Park with an unabandoned passion. It, I saw it in the theater when I was, fuck, what, 10, 11? After I'd, after I'd read the book, and it was one of my favorite goddamn movies, and I've hated every movie since. Well, I got some, <laughs> <laughs> I got some news for you, buddy. Uh, Yay! Yeah, this comes from Dark Horizons. Uh, with the end of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom showcasing a new Earth on which mankind must now live alongside Dinosaur, there's been excitement over where the series could go next. Writer-director Colin Trevorrow, speaking with J.P. Outpost, uh, says the series will try and keep things grounded despite all its success lately. That includes keeping the creatures out of the major cities and behaving like animals. Guys, if you remember at the end of uh, the mid-credit scene, post-credit scene, yeah, it was a post-credit scene in uh, Jurassic, uh, Fall- Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, looks like the pterodactyls, pteranodons, or whatever the fuck you want to call the winged dinosaurs. <laughs> pterodactyls, I think that's right. right? Yeah, pteranodons, pterodactyls, there's different, uh, <laughs> yeah. But they showed up in Las Vegas, so they're like hanging out at the the Rio or some bullshit. I don't know. But he goes on to say, 
Colin Trevorrow, I just have no idea what would motivate dinosaurs to terrorize a city. They can't organize. Right now, we've got lethal predators in wild areas surrounding cities all over the world. They don't go pack hunting for humans in urban areas. So the world I get excited about is the one where it's possible that a dinosaur might run out in front of your car on a foggy back road or invade your campground looking for food. A world where dinosaur interaction is unlikely but possible. Same way we watch out for bears or sharks. We hunt animals. We traffic them. We herd them. We breed them. We invade their territory and pay the price. But we don't go to war with them. If that was the case, we'd have lost that war a long time ago. So uh, basically saying like, yeah, fuck that post credit scene. They're not going to Vegas. Looks like it's going to be. But we know that Chris Pratt's coming back. We know that Bryce Dallas Howard's coming back. What are they going to be doing? Just rounding up random dinosaurs that are hanging out in Yellowstone National Park? I, I don't understand this, and I don't know if it sounds okay. It just doesn't grab me. And I don't want to see them in major cities, I suppose, just demolishing shit. But on the flip side, I, I don't want to see, like... Uh, a stegosaurus show up and like ruin your camping trip either. I don't know. What are you guys thinking? Mm, oh man. I mean, the last Jurassic world was so hard for me to even get through itself. Like I just, my expectations for the sequel are very low. Um, I do think it's dumb that they ignore their own post credit thing and go another direction though. Like I, I kind of hate that. It's like, don't have the balls to show one thing and then go another route. I hate when movies get invalidated in that way too. Like where it's like, now we have this thing that exists in this other movie that will always make no sense. Cause they're never going to follow through on that. Oh, I hate that so, too. You're right. I hate that shit. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know this. It's kind of distressing news. Like it would take a lot for me to get excited about Jurassic world three. And this is definitely not the kind of stuff that will. Here's the big question. Is uh, Owen and Claire, are they going to be together? Or are they going to break up again by the end of the, by the start of this next one? Break up again. God damn it. Break up again. Yeah, they'll be. I, I think so. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, uh, Neil, I don't know what's wrong with me. I absolutely loved both of these movies. I love Jurassic World and I love Fallen Kingdom. I, I, I am just a, an idiot that goes into these movies and I am just captivated by giant dinosaurs doing giant, giant dinosaur shit. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know what's wrong with you either. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would love this if, if this movie started off with Claire and Owen in a car on a foggy road in Northern <laughs> California and a dinosaur jumps out in front of the car and they hit it and fall off a cliff and then we have an entirely new cast of human characters and then there's a callback scene where there are pterodactyls gambling in Las Vegas um I, I actually really like the idea of them taking what was good about Jurassic Park, which was the the thrill of dinosaurs that you didn't know were around and could pop up at any second. And then they do when you are least expecting um, 
to Northern California where that can happen because of the fog that we have here and setting basically redoing Jurassic Park, the first one in a non island setting. Um, I think that could there could be some fun horror elements that you could really play with there. And then maybe throw in some random other cities like Las Vegas where there are pterodactyls terrorizing or like San Diego where you have a sea monster come up and eat a bunch of Navy ships or something like that. I do think that for it to go forward, you have to get rid of Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard because they're not compelling characters. Oh, fuck me, you. Fuck you, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I fucking love them. I love I, I have to agree with Neil. Oh, there, fuck you too. Fuck you too, Jake. <laughs> they're the equivalent of like the reoccurring characters in the first four Transformers movies at yeah. this point. No, yeah, I it's, it's I love their I love their Sam and Diane relationship from I love that. I I hope this movie starts off with me asking Neil at C- <laughs> Hold on! Listen! I hope this movie starts off with me asking Neil at C2E2, hey, you want to go watch Triple Frontier? And you're like, no, fuck that movie. I've seen it 40 times. And I go see that movie, and you go somewhere, do your thing, wherever. I don't know what you're doing. You're at a fucking, like, arcade or some shit, and a Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex shows up and eats you, and I'm fine, because I'm watching... <laughs> and I have no clue what's going on. And by the time I get out, of my viewing of Triple Frontier, which I just absolutely give a Tupperware at that point because it's an amazing <laughs> film. You have, you're you're in the belly of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Okay, that's the movie that I want to see. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I am alone on this one. I I I have no, and I'm not going to sit here and be like. Well, I'm embarrassed because I love. I love the. I am unashamed. I love these new. Jurassic World movies. I think they're great. I think they're fantastic. And I love Owen, and I love Claire, and I want more of them. I actually, I just want an Owen and Claire Netflix series where it's like... See, I would be down for that. None of the dinosaurs. Take I away just, the dinosaurs yeah. and have those two doing their normal routines. Like, have them have a Netflix show where they are who they are, but they're dealing with random everyday bullshit oh like yeah like the like uh the plumbing's fucked up and like exactly yeah (laughs) Yeah, i mean just keep the dinosaurs away from them because they make the dinosaurs suck yeah well shit i I think i I think (laughs) the dinosaurs kind of make themselves suck too (laughs) i want the dinosaur stuff too in the movie but i think we're saying the same thing no i'm kidding we are not even on the same (laughs) page this, I don't know. I I, I love uh, Colin Trevorrow's coming back. So the last movie we had J. A. Boyana doing the, the the film, and he's known for the horror stuff. So we do have Colin Trevorrow coming back and doing this. So it'll be interesting to see what direction he takes this in. It doesn't sound like they're going to go to an urban setting, and it sounds like we could be seeing scenes of people like out in the woods and like like what you're saying, Neil. Just people, you know, that are. It's yeah, not, and, yeah, and in my area with with the redwoods and the fog, it's a really good horror setting. It really is, and you could have a lot of fun with that as 
the setting for dinosaurs popping up out of fucking nowhere and actually being scary again. Because mm-hmm. in the first movie, they were fucking scary. And I missed that. That that's why I You I were also like, you were also fucking ten, Neil. No, it yes. still holds up, I think. You, if you watch it, you can still tell what Spielberg oh, I, is aiming for, and it is not what anyone else has tried since, it doesn't seem like. What's what's also funny about the original Jurassic Park is that uh Steven Spielberg was was uh in the um, post-production for Jurassic Park while he was filming Schindler's List. Yeah. So he was filming Schindler's List during the day and then editing Jurassic Park at night because the studio forced him to do so. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, flying back and forth. Yeah, I've read a lot of stuff about that, too. Yeah. Like, he was, like, scoring Jurassic Park or, like, listening to the score for that while filming Schindler's List. And that's, Andy, why, that's why there's Andy that. he had to have uh, Robin Williams, like, talk to him talk him down off the, his morbidity uh every night and then he he he, he latched on to uh, adam sandler's eight cra- uh the hanukkah song to get him through those things <laughs> and wouldn't it be <laughs> wouldn't it be crazy if he like accidentally started mixing up the two movies <laughs> 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 so some fucking dinosaurs show up in the middle of fucking Germany in World War II. <laughs> Schindler Schindler's Park. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, all right. Oh man. Let's uh you know what? <laughs> Sorry to bring you down, Brian. But. No, you're not bringing me down. Nobody's bringing me down when it comes to Jurassic World 3. Nobody's bringing me down when it comes to Jurassic World. I love those movies. I'm unashamed. I don't care what anyone says. You can talk about, oh, I don't like that. Oh, fuck you and fuck your opinion. I don't have to. I don't, I'm not going to the theater. I'm not going to the theater and watching it with you, you son of a bitch. Like, if I have to go to the movie, uh, the last person I'm watching a Jurassic movie with at this point is Neil and Jake. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to go <laughs> in there. thinking about us. Who's left? Time who, can, who can you see a Jurassic Park movie with? Me. That's the only person. <laughs> that's the only person Me, that matters. myself, and nobody else. Exactly. I don't give a fuck. I will go. I will. I will go and watch those movies. I'm gonna probably gonna watch this third one, Jake. This is fucked up. See, that's the thing. It's like I go into movies and I'm very critical. I'm very critical. But as far as these Jurassic movies go, when I go in there, it's just like all of a sudden, like when I see a dinosaur on the screen, it's almost like that little baby that's looking at like Daddy jiggling the keys in front of their face. That's all I fucking see is Daddy's a magician. And that's what oh, I'm, I get it. That's the only like feasible answer. So, so that, it has to be <laughs> you have to be hypnotized. I don't oh, know what else could be doing it. Oh, you condescending prick. <laughs> I, I know what you're doing here. You son of a bitch. <laughs> and again, I love these movies. I can't stop. Jake, I can't. I can't turn it off. I can't turn it off. It's like, it's seriously, it's like when I watch these movies, I'm on the third hour of a six hour hard on from a Viagra pill. It's insane. Like I've got, I've got plenty of time left. I've got this erection for at least another two, two and a half hours. And if it doesn't go down, don't worry about calling the cops because I'm having a great time. Don't call an ambulance (laughs) out. (laughs) 
I'm I'm literally the opposite. Like if I get an unwa- an unwanted boner, I think about Jurassic World too. <laughs> that brings you down. Oh, yeah, man. it's instantaneous. I'm like, oh, jeez. I can see that. <laughs> um, I, 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 it's inspiration for me. I, I have loved the first movie so much for so long that every other movie has been such a disappointment and I can't get past that. No, me neither. The first movie is uh, at, at times I say it's my favorite movie of all time. It's always been one of my top three and just even the Spielberg original sequel is still not up to snuff. No, uh, I remember when I first saw it in the theater, uh, I was with my parents. I mean, I was 10 or so. What came, you're came, came out 93. So yeah, I was 10. I went and saw it with my parents, and my mom had to get up and go stand at the back of the theater next to the door because it freaked her out so much. And yeah, you just don't get stuff like that. You anymore. don't get that anymore with these movies, and that's the, the the element that's been missing ever since the first one. Yeah, the magic's gone, and it's not just because people are jaded. It's because the the filmmakers and the storytellers don't they just don't have the fright anymore. It's like they're, they're not, not going that for it. Yeah, they're not. They're not trying to make it that fucking. I mean, and it's, it's 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 a fucking Spielberg movie, so it's not like he's some horror director that's trying to scare the fuck out of you. He, hey. He's making the movie based upon the script that he had. Spielberg, I would is call fucking scary. I would call Jaws a horror movie. Well, yes, yeah, but he's not a horror director. One. Yeah, I don't know. He's a versatile director, and I definitely think yeah. he was going for the thrills in in multiple movies. Poltergeist. Yeah, oh, I don't disagree with you, Brian. I'm, I, well, the stuff that Neil said there, I do not co-sign that. <laughs> <laughs> finally, finally, somebody's seeing things. But it's all coming up, Brian. Now, no, hold on. Like, like every, he's a director who could do horror, but he's not a horror director. There's, there's, there's a difference there. Yeah, what's the what's the other horror movie that he directed uh, that he doesn't get credit for? Oh, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we don't know officially if he did that or not, but but right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's like that's you a, look at like um, uh, the Indiana Jones movies, and there are some serious horror elements to those original three movies. Oh, and, definitely. And, and those are so good because he's able to incorporate so many different styles. He's so he's able to incorporate the 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 inherent horror in old sh- old shit because old shit's scary and then also the humor and, and Jurassic Park is, is kind of like the next step in that where he took an existing property that's I, I don't know if either of you guys ever ever read the book by Michael Crichton. I have. It, it is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucked up book and he took this this fucked up book and and used a lot of those elements and really just made this perfect movie out of it. <laughs> yeah, so hard to do off such a like beefy book too. Like he really boiled it down to its essence and kind of made it its own thing. All right, I get you it, just guys. Can't reproduce that. I get it. I'm just the idiot that shows up for dinosaurs. I fucking get it. All right. <laughs> I get it. I'm- I know. I expect the next one to like take place on a baby dinosaur farm or some shit at this point, like the way they're going. Like it's like dinosaur fucking pets and cuteness and ugh. 
Hey, Brian, I expect the next one to take place in your fucking brain because that's the only place where that's enjoyable, you stupid <laughs> fuck. This dra- I, I don't know. I, that joke didn't work. Hey, um, you know, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I had something to say. Oh, Aquaman had a, uh, had a Jaws joke in it. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, God, and it was black. Was it a bigger boat joke? Oh, yep. Oh, yeah. That does not surprise me. Yeah. No, it does not. Oh, God. I was kind it's, of expecting that. It's bad. Nobody in my crowd laughed at all. Nobody. <laughs> cricket sounds, pumped it, in cricket sounds. Oh, it was terrible. It was embarrassing. One, one thing that did surprise me was that my audience for Into the Spider-Verse was about 20 people. And I, I was on, uh, let's see, I saw it on a Friday at like one o'clock in the afternoon, and uh-huh. there was about twenty people in the theater. Hmm. That seems uh, about right for a Friday at one. People are at work, but it was the day that it released. People are still at work. Like it didn't. I don't. Right. I, I mean, it's, not, it's not Star Wars or Avengers Four, but it's a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, but you're it's not calling off. Heavily hyped. You're not calling off to go see Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. You're, you're seeing that it's you know five o'clock or seven. Yeah, it, I think it's going to snowball too. I think it's the kind of movie that isn't like packing the theater each showing, but really strong word of mouth and positive reception will will keep it. You know, I think those twenty people will be there forever showing. And then I then when I went and saw Once Upon a Deadpool, there was about eight people in my theater at six forty five. Oh yeah, I went to I went to the premiere. I went to the seven o'clock, and there was probably maybe ten people there. So I mean, it did nine hundred k the first. As much as nine. as much as I didn't like the overall experience, I'm really glad that I went and spent money on it because of the charity aspect. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I totally agree with that. I'm glad. It, yeah, the fuck cancer is a great charity. And, yeah, it is. And just the curiosity of it. Like, yeah, can, can yeah. Deadpool work as PG-13, you know? So. And I think it can. It just didn't <laughs> this time. I think it I think it would work better. Like, Okay, don't take this as me wanting Deadpool PG-13, but I don't think the experiment of taking a movie that was originally written and filmed to be R and truncating it down to PG-13 is really like a hypothesis test to whether or not Deadpool works as PG-13. Oh, you're totally right, because it didn't work the way they did it, but it could work as a PG-13 version of the character. Um, because you could, <laughs> one of the things that bothered me was when the characters would swear and then they kind of dubbed over it and it was obvious that they had dubbed over it. Yeah, that was terrible. It was like, it was such a hot, oh, I, I don't want to go back to it. But, but see, I feel but, like that's a style, mm. at that point they're making cheesy stylistic, you're watching Pulp Fiction on WGN jokes there. But if they had done what they did in the Fred Savage stuff with the button, where he was beeping him like the whole fight thing where he was going to fight people. And he kept like pushing the button every time he started with the F word, which was fight instead of fuck. If they had done that every time, like in the movie, if they had done that every time a character was going to swear, it would have worked perfectly. I, I don't know why they didn't, but that was I just feel so like- fucking brilliant. 
I just feel like a movie written, a Deadpool movie written to be PG-13 from the ground up is going to play could better work. than an R movie that's truncated down to a PG-13. Oh, it, it, it could totally work. It just didn't. And I think, again, as I said before, that if they had if I hadn't seen Deadpool 2, it probably would have worked for me. But because I'd already seen the movie and knew it was missing, it didn't work. I, I, I just don't want to see more PG-13 Deadpool. I, I think it <clears throat> I think it stifles the creativity of the writers and yeah. Ryan Reynolds. You can say that, yeah, you can build it from PG-13 to the ground. You know, for, you can build it as a PG-13 movie. And then, and but I think it stifles the creativity of these guys, the Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick and Ryan Reynolds, that have proven that they can do it in R and have it be successful. I think it's like now they're trying to like, oh, how can we make this work? How can we make this play? How can we push this as far as we can in PG thirteen instead of just going all for, going all out, being like, yeah, this is what we can do. And I, I mean. Yeah, that's true. I, in, in my head, I wasn't thinking of this team making the PG-13 Deadpool movie. You know, I, I think you would just if you were going to do it, you you would just want to move on and start from start from the ground up again. Yeah, I mean, I, I to- I'm not I, ready I totally agree with you, Brian, about stifling them. But that's also kind of what made the first Deadpool so brilliant was because they had so many restrictions against them and they had to work against Budgetary. the budget. Budgetary, that's it, really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and if they had these restrictions placed upon them by Disney, I think they could make it work. I don't want them to because I want to see the, the super violence and I want to see the dirty mouth Deadpool because that's the character. Yeah. But I, I think they these 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 this creative team could really make it work if they had to. I think first day when Disney takes over Fox, and they're like, we're doing Deadpool 3. I think Rhett Reese, Paul Warnick, Ryan Reynolds need to come to Disney and say, listen, we're, not do- we're doing this. We're not budging. This is what we're going to do. This entire Deadpool movie. Deadpool, wearing the suit, wearing the Deadpool suit, but he's going to have his dick out. We're going we're to cut out a little hole for his penis <laughs> the entire time. And then they could have some dinosaurs jump out of the fog and crash their, their car. Oh, yeah. Let's bring this back to Jurassic Park. <laughs> Let's bring this back. I don't know. More, I, the Deadpool conversation is fascinating, though, because I don't, I don't think necessarily the R rating is the 100% the key to what's so great about the movie or Deadpool 2 on paper is a better movie than Deadpool 1, right? Because it definitely ups the raunch factor and it ups the R factor. Is Deadpool it a better movie? Superior. No, it's not. Deadpool 1's the superior movie because it's it's more than the raunch that's in the recipe, right? Yeah, no, Deadpool 1 is definitely the superior movie out of the two. Um, and I, I think part of it is the limitations that you place upon the creative team. And as far as the character goes, I mean, you guys know that I'm a huge, huge fan of the character and I absolutely fucking loved the first movie. I I liked the second movie. I thought it was a good sequel, but it did not have the same magic that the first one had. And I think part of the magic was they had no expectations and and they just made the movie they wanted to make. And that's part of what makes the character so great is it, 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 he's just 
out of fucking nowhere all the goddamn time. And so if you have him spring up in these other movies where he has the the little button that he had in the Fred Savage scenes from Deadpool, Once Upon a Deadpool, where he's bleeping himself or bleeping Fred Savage, and, and you have him just popping up and just like going off and bleeping himself constantly, it, it, it could work as a, as a device. And I think it'd be fucking hilarious to have him show up in a Captain America movie where he can't say anything, but he's, 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 he's just going off constantly and bleeping himself. That'd be fucking brilliant. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just Deadpool two. Wasn't good enough for be, for me to stay as passionate about Deadpool as I was after just Deadpool one. I kind of just like, I don't know. I, I don't want them to drive it into the ground. I don't need this incarnation of Deadpool crammed into the MCU. And if the whole thing fell apart right now, I honestly wouldn't like lose too much sleep over it. Oh, we got, I, uh, we got one I, I, I don't fucking five star movie and a pretty <clears throat> decent sequel. So the end. No, I get that. I no, get that totally. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not co-signing that. I'm sorry. Oh, that's fine. I know. I, I did. I 100 percent did not think you would. But yeah. if the whole legacy ended right now, I would be like, I'd be okay. No funeral for me. Oh God, fuck this uh, PG-13 shit with Deadpool. They they they've given me their R-rated. I I don't want to see them dial it back. I, for as much as I didn't like Deadpool two, as much as I loved the first one, there was still some stuff in that that was actually funny that I wouldn't have got in a PG thirteen version of the character. I do want the hyper violence. I really I oh, want yeah. that. That's that's. It's not all just the humor and the dicks and the farts and the fucking yeah. It's the it's the, boobies, the, it's the blood, the it, vaginas. It, it's the oh yeah, crazy. I agree. I think Deadpool 2 was a decent sequel, you know, and I'm not saying I want a PG-13 version instead. I would just want the thing to just all go away if that's the way it's going to no, be. I, I don't want to see a truncated version of this team doing a Deadpool movie, nor do I want to see a watered-down version of Deadpool. I would just rather sweep it under the rug for five to six years until you can figure out what the fuck. Uh-huh. What I'd kind of like to see is like uh, internet shorts where they just have Deadpool doing random shit and being violent and fucking raunchy doing his own thing you know like a a, a five minute short here and there and just like popping up and like hey i'm deadpool and and doing his thing and being fucking nuts that'd be hilarious if they did like a college humor version uh or uh what's what's the will ferrell thing um funny or die yeah funny or die like with with deadpool just like popping up and doing his thing i would be down for that it, it, if they're going to neuter the character in the movie verse. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think the Glover thing, unfortunately was one of the yeah. smartest ways to keep the character alive in spirit while you were going through this kind of odd transition. Oh, excited for that. So, but I mean, that's not going to happen. So, I mean, the fact that that was axed, I, I don't know. I don't know how eager Marvel is to make a PG 13 Deadpool either. If they're well, not eager to make an R one, why would they be eager to make a PG thirteen one? See, I think that the reason why they tried to do this was they were trying to see if they could integrate him into the universe, and I, I think the path is there. But I don't want this Ryan. I don't Reynolds, buy that theory. I don't at want all. Ryan Reynolds Deadpool to go away. I, no, no, I, I don't want Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick to go away. I there, just 
the three of them are perfect together. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Like, I, I didn't love Deadpool 2 as much as I loved the first one. But on the flip side, it's not like I want to see this go away either. Like, I, I would love to see them come back and, like, give us another movie. Um, I want to see what they can do with X-Force. I don't know. It, whatever. Yeah, it, it can burn and die and go away for me. Fuck that. No, I want to I don't. Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. This is a passion project for him. This is what he's wanted. He's finally gotten what he's wanted. He didn't want he's that fucking. Perfect. He didn't want that Wade Wilson that we got in X-Men Origins Wolverine. He played the role. Now he's finally getting to play the character he's wanted to play. And then Jake's like, eh, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. I don't care if you ever see it again. I. I, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's not really like how you should take it. But I mean, we got the one five star movie. Like a lot of times when I get one five star movies, I'm very anti sequel. I'd rather just that movie just exist and be perfect forever and not be marred by some lesser. Well, then we should have stopped. At, we should have stopped at Avengers because Avengers Age of Ultron was a pile of garbage, in my opinion. Maybe they should have. I mean, that's I, I don't disagree well, with those kind of statements. Yeah, I mean, a lot of times I just think the sequels take away from the previous product. And I don't think Deadpool 2 ruined Deadpool in any way. It wasn't a shitty movie. It was nowhere near as good as Deadpool 1 to me. But, I mean, so what's the next one going to be? Even more diluted than Deadpool 2? We got two fucking fucking movies. We got two fucking movies. And and, and you're wanting to shelve it now? I'm not, no. I'd rather, it's the options. Like, here's my options. Shelve it or see a truncated version. My answer is shelve it. I don't want to see PG-13 with this team. I don't think Disney's going to let the R thing happen. So, no big deal, man. I'll just That's my thing. I just want to see what happens with Disney. I want to see what they do. I want to see I want to see them forced to make a fucking decision as to what they're going to do with Deadpool going forward. That's where yeah. I want to go. So yeah. we'll see it. And if they fuck it up, they fuck it up. And then I'm done. But right now, I, I want them to, I want them I want to force them to make a decision as to what they're going to do with Rhett Reese, Paul Wernick, and, and Ryan Reynolds doing what they do. And for the most part, making audiences pretty goddamn happy with this Deadpool character and the way he's been portrayed on the screen. Yeah. And, and I think that they can see the dollar signs. I, I think that it's they not the time understand. To, yeah, you don't abandon it yet. It's like, oh, we've had two successful as fuck movies. Uh, the highest done. grossing mo- R-rated movie of all time worldwide. And we're done. That's and, it. Oh, oh, <laughs> throw this away. I want to. Are you serious? I, I want, didn't say Disney's well, I fine with it. I said I'm fine Disney. with it. I want to force Disney I want to see what they are going to do. And yeah. because I want this to play out. I want and if it and if it plays out to the point where they fuck over Ryan Reynolds, Rhett Reese, and Paul Wernick and they walk away from the project, at least I will know that I had three guys wanting to give me a movie, try to give me a movie that I wanted. And Disney was down that's for the case it. yet, though. Do these three guys even want to give us a Deadpool movie under a Disney banner? We know that Ryan Reynolds is coming back for X Force. We know that they've never said that they're not going to do a Deadpool three. Right now, no, they're, I agree. they're working I agree. on Zombieland. I think right after Zombieland, their plans were to probably come back and do Deadpool three for us, or or an X Force two. Before all the Fox stuff went down, yes. 
So yeah, yeah. I know there wasn't no official, there was not any official plans for a Deadpool three, and they've kind of said, oh, we don't have to do a Deadpool three. But on the flip side, I don't think at any point in time, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick were walking away from Deadpool like the Russos are walking away from Marvel. No, I agree. I agree with that. It, it, like if the Disney the- deal never happened. Deadpool three is coming out in three years. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, hundred percent agree. David Leitch has come out and said that he'd want to do another one, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that guy to come back. And I thought that he did a, a fine job as yes, a follow-up. He did. It's uh, not, it wasn't, I, I do miss Tim Miller. One of the things that I really missed about Deadpool 2 was, uh, was it uh, the, the soundtrack? It was... Uh, Oh, yeah, Junkie XL. Junkie XL. Oh. I miss Junkie XL. I love that Junkie XL soundtrack in the first movie. One thing I did really appreciate about the Fred Savage stuff in Once Upon a Deadpool is they called out the fridging of Vanessa. Yes, and I they, can't believe they, they did that. That was awesome. So good. And, like, they called out a lot of the stuff that I have personally complained about to myself. Um, they, and they, they utilized those Fred Savage scenes to really just yeah. call out a lot of that stuff that was like bothered me about the sequel. And they're like, Hey, like, and the and exp- explanations yeah. were valid. And they explained it. And the fact that yeah. they explained it in such great detail was yeah. amazing because like oh, I, my audience, able explanation that Fred Savage gave the whole yes. backstory that he went off on was so brilliant. That was good. Like, you know, talking about the actual, like, convoluted marvel 616 cable like origin story and like oh so you did all that and he's like Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man yeah are we in marvel news i don't think we. sorry sorry (laughs) Uh, let's take a break let's take a break let's take a quick break i we don't have a lot left there's uh not a lot left so we've got a few more things to talk about and then we're gonna wrap this shit up it, it, isn't it nice when your host is like basically talking? He's hi, I'm hyping the end of the show. <laughs> it got me excited. You know? Like I'm not even. I haven't even detailed any of the stories. Like my major. Like my like. Yeah, we're we're so close to the fucking end. You know. <laughs> hey guys, don't worry. The lights at the I end heard of the fucking tunnel. Angel voices. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. I got on my knees. The fucking light hit me. Don't worry, <laughs> don't worry, guys. Our journey is almost over. <laughs> We're almost. I feel. I feel like. I feel like fucking dehydrated, sunburnt Frodo on that goddamn Mount Doom. <laughs> I'm ready to. You know, I chuck. I just chucked that goddamn ring down there. Now all I want to do is drink a Gatorade and go to bed. <laughs> what else do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah, one of the, uh, th- those eagles. I, I tell you, when those goddamn eagles showed up in that movie, though, I was excited as fall fo- as as all fuck when they. When oh those, yeah, yeah. The fucking eagles were awesome. I was like, oh my! I remember reading about those in the Hobbit, and I was just blown away. I was like, oh, you gotta, yeah. 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 So, all right. Hey, let's take let's take a break. We'll come back and piss and moan about Deadpool and putting that in there and all that stuff a little bit more. Just that? hang the costume up. It's over. No, it's not. Oh. Fuck you, Jake. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ gets one gets one movie he didn't love as much as the other one. He's ready to hang it up. We're done. It's done. We're, uh, fuck, fuck all you fans that love the Deadpool movies. It's done. Disney's Disney's coming to town. We don't need you. We don't Go need you. Thank ya. me later, man. Go to the alternate reality and watch how shitty Deadpool three ended oh, up. I can't. Thank wait. me later. Oh, I can't wait for a PG thirteen Deadpool. Yeah, I can't. I wait. never said that. No, I am. I am saying <laughs> I can't wait. I hope they have Michael Pena show up with his comic relief. Oh. Yay! Oh it's yeah, back it up, Deadpool. Funny. Oh fuck you, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds and Michael Pena. That, I would. Lo- I would watch that. Oh, I don't know. I that that might be the movie that that where I kill myself. That I I might pull. The, <laughs> I might pull the trigger on that one. <laughs> I might paint the walls red after watching that fucking movie. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I took it dark. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) I I like, I would go see both of your fan fiction Jurassic World 3 movies though. Even Brian's was interesting. What what was mine? Neil Neil was in the dinosaur stomach and. I, I couldn't decide which one of those I liked better. Mine was Claire and Owen. Neil's died. was Claire and Owen died in the first like reel. Like first five. And Brian's was Neil died in the first reel. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neil getting eaten by a T Rex. Actually, that would that that would I wouldn't want. That's like you know it, as far as it's watching, a movie. It's not real. I Neil's know. fine. I, Neil's I'm fine. I'm an actor. It's fine. <laughs> Neil's fine. But yeah, now I want to see it. <laughs> this is the longest we're going to go on great we... conversation we've ever had. All right, let's that would uh, be the, uh, the, the, actually in the movie, which would be great. We're going to take You're a paid. Neil, shut the fuck up. Hey, we're going <laughs> <laughs> to. We are going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with Marvel news and then and then and then the long awaited ending of the show. <laughs> oh. Oh. Jake, you don't want to see any more Colossus? You don't want to see any more Negasonic Teenage Warhead? I just don't want to see more... Di- I don't want to see diluted any of it. I'm kidding. That was... I, was- I like that. That was, <laughs> that was perfect. I was going to just pick up right after that ended. I was gonna- <laughs> you son of a bitch. That was amazing. <laughs> Marvel News. It's time- hey, it is time for Marvel News. Marvel News. 
All right, Marvel it's News. Still the best bumper ever. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I made that one. Good times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Deadpool's a comedy too, right? And comedies always just get worse every sequel. That's not wrong. Yeah, I, like, it's it's not going to get any better. Like we're not going to get better than Deadpool one. So let's just like always remember just that, and not whatever garbage is getting ready to happen in the next couple of years. Wow, garbage! <laughs> Absolutely, it's all just garbage to Jake. <laughs> Prob- probably, I mean, we'll see. All right, okay. Yeah, dead, you just kill it. Just kill it. And uh, kill it dead. Seinfeld it. Get it out of here whatever. while it's on top. I yeah, I, I'm not. I'm I not, don't agree. No, but, I don't okay. agree either. Uh, let's see here. Uh, real quick, uh, two things that we talked about last week. Talked about the Avengers Endgame trailer. Uh, I noticed that uh, somebody sent me screenshots of the Ant-Man when he's back, the archive video. Looks like it's labeled from 1983. So, oh, I saw that on, on another website. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so Ant-Man doesn't know that he's in 1983 because he thinks he's not... Wait, but the Avengers compound wasn't built until that was my next point. It's the new Avengers compound. So how how is that camera even there at that building? Don't know. <laughs> what, the, what the fuck, man? I don't even want to see this movie now. Just don't even make it. I have no clue. It's Deadpool three. <laughs> maybe maybe Deadpool will show up. Give us some shitty jokes. <laughs> Did you see the memes of, of Deadpool being the Ant-Man at the end? Yeah. Oh. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's fine. You, you were really hung up on just cramming Deadpool into everything, Neil. I, I get why I offend you. Me? Yeah. No. You keep suggesting he's like the cameo guy and the memes where you replace <laughs> him with the characters. He's only my favorite character ever. So, no, I wouldn't ever su- suspect that of myself. Second, shut the fuck up. Um, The the second thing that I want to talk about here real quick is uh, last week I kind of brought up the uh, Captain America compass showing up. Apparently, uh, and I didn't realize this and I have gone back and I have seen it now. uh, The compass, Cap's compass does show up in uh, the Winter Soldier. So, yeah. Yeah, I was totally off base with that being uh, a time travel thing. So I I have no I I don't know. Did someone shove that in your face? I had a couple right. people, couple people. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. I was hoping you really came you could have beat them to the punch, but not this time, huh? No, no, there's a couple know-it-alls out there that knew. <laughs> huh. Imagine that. <laughs> Jeff Pinker, uh, one of the screenwriters for Venom, uh, talked with Discussing Film and dropped this bit of info. Quote, without revealing anything that I'm not allowed to reveal, it is not impossible that in a future upcoming Venom movie, Spider-Man will play a significant role. I think it's fair to say everyone involved would be very excited for a Spider-Man Venom movie. Guys, we do know that there's rumors of Spider-Man showing up in the Craven film, but I also want everybody to take this grant, uh, this uh, rumor with a grain of salt because Jeff Pinker talked with IGN this week and revealed that he won't be back for the second installment of Venom. 
Sony has set aside a October 2020 release date for a Marvel sequel film, which is expected to be the Venom sequel. And talking with IGN, Pinker revealed that all he can say is that go- it is that it is going forward. And he said, I can't say anything other than it is happening. I am not working on it. As of right now, I am not. But I- I'm sure that he's heard things. He- he's close to the project, so he's probably in the know. But we'll see. Yeah. Pinker seems like an interesting guy with the kind of the rounds he's making right now, right? He definitely has been put in this like i think he feels way more important of a hollywood writer guy than he will turn out to be in like the (laughs) next five to ten years right like i think uh josh trank when i think this guy's trajectory is a hollywood writer right like he got lucky with this venom thing but i don't think this guy's um pinning the next citizen kane anytime soon so it's time to make those uh news junket rounds with these comic book sites right now We'll so, yeah, I, I do agree, though. I'm sure he is in the know. I'm sure he's, you know, discussed sequel possibilities with the people that will be continuing on with the franchise. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with the with the Venom sequel. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to. We know we're going to get Carnage. They teased uh, that in the film. So we know we're going to. What do you think about budget, Brian, for the Venom sequel? Do you think we'll, we'll get, you know, like a much bigger budget? I With did. all the money this first one made? Yeah, of course. That's That seems to be how these things work. I'd kind of rather see a Spider-Ham show up in the Venom sequel. Personally. You're, in the Venom sequel? <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then what? The, then, ra- then, then Spider-Man? Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd rather see John Mulaney show up as Peter Porker than see... Uh, our MCU Spider-Man. I think that'd be a way more interesting movie. You're just, I don't know. You're being I, you're, I think you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love Spider-Ham's like one of my favorite fucking characters of all time, but like there's no synergy between these two characters as no, from what we've seen not. in the first Venom movie. Well, we, there's no synergy in the original, in the first Venom movie. That oh, movie is a fucking mess. And it's amazing the, for being a mess. It is. It, that is a, it's a goddamn masterpiece, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. it I, I gave that movie a fucking high taste. It, I, 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 it was awful, but it worked. Oh, and, and so now you now I would just, love to see Tom Hardy and John Mulaney have a voiceover contest. I I know. I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's so crazy because I so want to agree with the things you're saying, but I can't <laughs> because I know I know they're terrible. <laughs> but don't you want to see Venom and Spider Ham interact? No, for like maybe a no for maybe nine seconds. Well, okay, that's fine for me. Okay, though you're talking about like it's the premise of the movie, practically. No, 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 no. Okay. I hate everything about what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, why are we talking about Spider-Ham being in the Venom sequel? Because Neil is just basically hijacking the show and saying, "Hey, welcome, to, <laughs> welcome to Neil's stupid corner." You know, and like I don't. It's a new segment, and I need, I need a bumper oh. for Neil's stupid, ridiculous corner. Um, 
Oh, man. Neil, we have ways of dealing with um, guests that go into business for themselves. You'll find out. I know. He's like, remember when do you remember when uh, David Letterman was doing his thing and he had those guys on Sirajul and Mujibar and then they got agents and then Dave was like, I'm going to let these guys. Neil, you, you've, you basically you're 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 trying to be a one man show right now, trying to get your own little Neil spinoff. And I'm not I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. I don't have time for that shit. I'm not feeling it. You're like you're using our platform to build your own little, your Neil verse. The Neil verse. Neil before Neil. Yeah. Lots of Deadpool cameos and Spider Ham in the Neil verse. Yeah. Hey, that's that's my my brain right there. Uh, let's see here. It looks like uh, they could uh, Sony could still be doing this Sinister Six film. Amy Pascal, she was talking with Vanity Fair, and she revealed that they're still planning on a Sinister Six film, possibly even still using Drew Goddard's script. So the script that was believed to be in development around the time of Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Andrew Garfield still attached to the character. Here's what she said. I'm just waiting for Drew to be ready to direct it. I would do anything with Drew Goddard. I, I'm just waiting for him to tell me what he wants. So he's currently waiting to find out what's going to happen with this Fox X-Force film. It hasn't been canceled. It's been delayed. So it seems like, Jake, like, where do they go? Where do they go? Do, do we get, okay, so we do the Morbius movie. We do the Craven film. We are getting Mysterio in the MCU. Is, is this all, are they going to be pulling Jake Gyllenhaal over into the Sony side of this? What's going on? I think this, I think this thing works best if you kind of do the Avengers formula with it. And by that, I mean, you don't have the, all the characters get their own movies at first. You know, you still have, you know, in the first Avengers, you had your Captain America, your Thor, your Hulk all had movies, but we still introduced, you know, three or four new characters. I mean, maybe you do half your villains, you know, like you don't have to just really reach and stretch to get these villains. Let's do, we can do some origins in the Sinister Six movie, I believe. So, but part of the Sinister Six is definitely, it's got to be Green Goblin, right? I mean, is that going to, or are they just going to completely do a new Sinister Six here? Yeah, Green Goblin. I always associate Doc Ock almost in my head as uh, more the leader of the Sinister Six than uh, the Green Goblin. Would, would you use the, uh, the the homecoming villains as those like so Vulture? Yeah. In and homecoming, would you use that movie as his origin story? Because it kind of is. And and then have Scorpion be his character in Homecoming, or would you have a new Scorpion movie? Would you have a new Vulture movie? Get over here! I don't know a Scorpion. I don't think we get. <laughs> do you do you really think we'd get Michael Keaton back as Vulture in a Sinister Six movie? He's coming back. He's funny. doing a cameo, I believe, in Far From Home. Okay, okay. So very potentially, and if they gave him a big role. I was going to say, he could, he could very well, you could play Michael Keaton's character as the leader of this team too, possibly, right? I'm not excited about it, though. 
Yeah, I do like Drew Goddard as a writer, and I think Drew Goddard does yeah, work best the, with the, ensembles. The script that he yeah. wrote was back when Garfield was still on the project, so it's like it sounds like Amy Pascal is like really hoping that he comes back to work on a movie that he had originally designed for Andrew Garfield's. It's weird that they're I just feel, still holding on to this. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I feel like even back then on PCL, though, me and you were talking about this thing as if it was very much in its way kind of a separate entity from the in the garfield stuff it wasn't like though it, i i don't ever think it was jake like when you went to watch amazing spider-man 2 and they played that song at the end you could use your shazam app and it gave you six pictures that were giving you a tease as to which villains they were going to use for the sinister six film it was very much attached setup. to this yeah yeah you're right they were just fucking so greedy for money that they thought they were going to be rolling hand and fist with it when they created these Shazam apps and post credit scenes and these I, first two Amazing Spider-Man app movies. I just think it's wishful thinking that Amy Pascal thinks that Drew Goddard is going to come back and rewrite this Sinister Six film for this new Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yeah, I think Sinister Six as a solo movie without Spider-Man is even more inane than a Venom movie without Spider-Man. Like... That one is even more so like the whole reason. What are we seeing these six people team up to do rather than finally take down Spider-Man? Well, probably do like a triple frontier and steal from a still 75 million dollars from a drug cartel. And Neil's oh. not going to show up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, we did just see a Venom movie without Spider-Man that worked. Yeah, even that makes more sense to me than this, though, right? Yeah, like, exactly. even, even in the tied to Spider-Man as yeah, a character. But technically, technically, like there's more Venom comic books where Venom is not tied to Spider-Man than he is at this point. Like a hundred percent, I guarantee that's fact. Of Venom is Spider-Man, and they made it work without Spider-Man. Who wants so, to see a sinister? But, I don't know if I want to see. I, I don't I want to see it. No, I yeah. agree with you, but I'm just saying they made it work without him. Yeah, but these day and age, like 75% of all Venom comics that exist work without Spider-Man. Uh, you know, 100% Sinister Six storylines are Sinister Six after Spider-Man. There is no Sinister Six storyline without the Spider-Man part of well, the Well, that's recipe. the whole thing what Jeff Pinker was talking about is like, don't expect not to see Spider-Man. We've already heard that Spider-Man will show up in the Craven movie. So I think like, like, I, I think we're it's a moot point. Spider-Man's going to show up eventually. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. They, right. They need to wrap Holland up, right, before he gets lucky and gets some other big movie. Like, sign him to, like, a freaking, you know, Sebastian Stan, like, 13-pitcher deal. I think they've, uh, yeah. they, they've passed that point. They, he, he, I think his agents probably know how valuable he is now. Yeah. And you can't sign him for cheap. Well, it, Sebastian Stan yeah. got signed for cheap. Oh, sure. He, but, you can't sign Tom Holland for cheap now. Yeah, but like, where's Tom Holland going to go? What's he going to do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Uh, he's a good that's actor. True. Yeah, but so. he, he's doing the he's doing the 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 new Pixar film. But and I'm sure he could find other work elsewhere. But this is his bread and butter, you know. Oh, totally. No, I, I don't see any reason for him not to sign. Yeah. I'm just saying that you can't sign him to the same contract that Sebastian Stan signed way back in the day because Tom Holland's agent now knows how valuable he actually is to the companies that he's trying to sign to. 
You guys, yeah, I get you. Maybe not monetarily, but at least um, as far as the amount of movies. Like, sign this guy for four-plus movies. Oh, yeah, like totally. Now. Sign, sign him the fuck up now. Like, uh, Sebastian Stan signed up for, what, nine movies when he first signed? And uh, he's yeah. gotten through seven? Yeah. Yeah. They try, I mean, they, they, they will try that. Don't Don't think that they won't. They will definitely try that. I mean, they... I mean, they originally tried to get Chris Evans to sign on for more movies. And, you know, he talked to his family and he didn't. And he bet himself and he was right. So who's your perfect dream world movie, Sinister Six? Oh, as far as the characters? Yeah, yeah. Without with with no boundaries either. Like, I mean, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't have to be. You can have new iterations of characters. Or... You don't have to give the, like the characters. Like, I in my world, I want I want the Doc Ock leader. I would somehow try to figure out a way to get Tom Hardy Venom on the team because I think that that dynamic's too fun, you know. And you can have a character that eventually, by the end of the movie, is fighting against the Sinister Six too. Like, he could be with the team for seventy percent of the movie and then turn. And if not him, someone else, you know, yeah. I'd really want a Sandman. I think visually you need a character like that on the team, a big bombastic character like that. I don't I don't think I need Green Goblin, Green Goblin on my team. I don't either. I, I liked the uh, actor they they had as as a scorpion. I thought he did a great fucking job in Homecoming just with limited screen time. I think he'd be a really good addition to it, too. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Craven being part of the team, and it, nah. but it feels like that'll probably happen because I don't. He doesn't wanna, feel like a team player. Yeah, and I don't want to see his hunt take place in a Sinister Six movie. I want to see that get the solo treatment. Yeah, he's getting yeah, a, for he, sure. He's getting a solo film, but you're talking about yeah, Craven's hunt against Spider Man showing up against Spider Man. Yeah, I don't want to see it kind of get the Planet Hulk Ragnarok treatment in a different movie. Yeah, I want to see it get full focus when it happens in my Which, perfect world. You know. I think was well done personally. Oh, I'm not hating on that. Yeah. But I still think a big blown out planet Hulk movie with, you know, I'll be great out, without the universal bullshit in the way would have been better. Yeah. And that's probably what they would have done. Had they had the option. They yeah. obviously liked the planet Hulk stuff enough that uh, they made it into a fucking Hulk Thor movie. Yeah. <laughs> Black widow. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm talking about Black Widow now. Black Widow, uh, that movie, Jack Schaefer has a writing credit um, on Captain Marvel. Um, he's uh, the writer for the Black Widow film. So Jack or Jack or Jock, I don't know how to pronounce it. But um, so something. Oh, Jock. Jock. Yeah. Jo- fuck it. Jock. <laughs> We're going Jacques. It's a, everything's coming up, Jacques. Um, Jacques Schaefer has a writing credit on Captain Marvel, so some think that there might be some ties to the Black Widow film. Both of these movies are going to be prequels set in the '90s. Captain Marvel, we know, takes place in 1995. So, yeah, uh, this Black Widow writer uh, has a writing credit, a small writing credit on Captain Marvel. So there might be some Black Widow Easter eggs in this. Do you think that she might be involved or in Project Pegasus somehow? She might be at that facility. I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. 
I was speculating about how to say that guy's name, Jack or Jock. I mean, can we speculate about this now? Yeah, I like speculating about this. Um, I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion, right, that they're going to have some synergies between um, between these two movies, right? It's time for more setup shit. I like what you're saying about the Pegasus stuff, or maybe it's just as simple as, like, setting up the beginning of the scroll invasion with these flashbacks and seeing some of the early happenings with that in both movies, you know? Even if it's just a quick post-credit thing in Black Widow. I like that. Uh, I I think that maybe uh, because of the time period, they're going to let Jacques uh, write a post-credit scene where you have a young, 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 young uh, Black Widow being put onto the shield radar or something, you know, something like that where they become aware of her or they show her training or some random bullshit like that. We're like, like the first Thanos scene where you didn't really realize that it was going to be a big thing, but then it became a big thing. You didn't realize the first Thanos scene was going to become a big thing. I'm just saying for like the casuals. Okay. Okay. I follow you. No, I, I I knew from the first time I saw Thanos that it was going to be a thing, but I can see how for, uh, Neil Neil saw fans, Neil saw that, Thanos turn around. He's like, I, I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That'll never develop into anything. <laughs> uh, that's just a weird ass post credit scene. <laughs> All right, okay. Apparently, the California raisins are showing up in the next film. <laughs> You know what I heard through the yeah. You know what I heard through the grapevine. This ain't going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I see what you did there. Yeah, I know. That's uh, pretty fucking hilarious. Not really, but anyway. <laughs> We've got an actor here. We got an actor that speaks out about this Daredevil cancellation with Netflix. Since its cancellation, there's been a bunch of debate as to whether it was Netflix or Marvel that canceled the show. We still don't know 100%. But Amy Rutberg, who plays Foggy Nelson's love interest, Marcy, in the series, talked to Inverse. And she says the decision to cancel the show was entirely a Netflix one. Jake, we talked about this. I mean, we've talked about this. She goes on to say, my contacts at Marvel were very surprised. Any of the rumors that it was a Marvel decision are wrong. I think it was purely a Netflix decision. That comes from personal conversations with people high up at Marvel. They were surprised. We had heard rumors we would start production on the fourth season as early as February 2019. It's a little unusual to be that far ahead in the planning and cancel the show, which makes me think Netflix was laboring over whether or not to cancel it. My guess was it was not an easy decision. This is, Jake, we said this on our episode when we talked about this, that it was Netflix because of the cost and, the, and they want 100% ownership of their content. Also, you know, um, I yeah, do- they didn't want to deal with any future repercussions of mergers of studios and characters and streaming services. Mm-hmm. They just, it was just too much drama. This comes from Dark Horizons, and it's about these canceled shows going to Disney Plus and why it's not going to happen. This is another thing that people were kind of like thinking like, oh, 
yeah, they canceled these TV MA mature shows, and now they're going to go to the family-friendly Disney Plus, which <laughs> made no sense to me. And I rolled my eyes every time I was reading that kind of stuff, like, popping up on the Internet. But this, this comes from Dark Horizons. A new story in Variety has gone into d- the details of the recently canceled Marvel television series on Netflix and confirmed what we've suspected. So don't expect them on Disney Plus anytime soon. Reportedly, the deal for the original four Marvel shows includes a clause that prevents the characters from appearing in any non-Netflix series or film for at least two years after cancellation. That means Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist could not come to Disney streaming service, either in current or rebooted form, until 2020 at the earliest. Jessica Jones hasn't yet been axed, but is expected to be next year, meaning no revivals, at least until 2021. Interestingly, the fate of the Punisher, which was not part of the original deal and therefore not subject to the same clause, is unknown. The second season of that show will debut in January. So more details about this Netflix Disney deal coming out. And apparently, like, Disney can't even touch the same. They can touch the characters. They can do... They can do another uh, Daredevil show. They can do an Iron Fist. They can do a Jessica Jones. They can do a Luke Cage. They can do those shows if they want to, but they can't have Mike Coulter come back and reprise that role and continue that story. That's for another two years, so 2020 at the earliest. Honestly. Mm, so Netflix exclusive, like exclusive for all these storylines and actors and characters then, huh? They purchased it. N- Netflix bankrolled this stuff. They own yeah. it. They, 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 they're the producers on this. Like they, they bankrolled the whole fucking thing. And this was like they bought the rights from Marvel, but the whole production was not paid by Marvel. It was Netflix bankrolled the whole goddamn thing. And part of that deal, though, like, we aren't really privy to these deals. Like, they don't give out the, like, when this whole, we don't know a lot. Like, honestly, we don't know, we don't know details about the Sony Marvel deal with Amy Pascal and Feige. They don't give us that information. And they don't give us information as far as, like, what they're doing with these Netflix shows, what those original deals were. We all we know is that Netflix are the ones that can cancel this. Everybody that's saying that Marvel set this up, to can- that Marvel canceled this, I think you're wrong. I think that Marvel can make their lives hell as far as making these shows. But I don't know if that's what happened here. It, I, I think it did happen with Luke Cage. And I think Marvel was just kind of like kind of done with this shit they're starting their own streaming service and i think netflix is kind of done with marvel i think they they had their little honeymoon and now it's over and it's it sucks for the for the people that are left like me that loved daredevil season three and wanted to get daredevil season four it sucks and i i wanted to get iron fist season three and i'm not gonna get that so i don't know yeah, it is a bummer. Like, and even if Disney did feel charitable and was like, oh, the outcry is out there. Let's get, you know, Daredevil season four with the same actors and writers. It's a real fucking bummer. They can't even do that. Yeah, well, they could they could they could if they really wanted to, like, buy Netflix out of that contract. You know what I mean? Like, 
if they really wanted to. I, but I don't think they want to. Like, when they get it back, they're not going to be like, oh, okay. Hey, remember in the first season of Jessica Jones when that dude was going down on that chick underneath the covers? Let's bring that show on to Disney Plus, the family-friendly service. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true that, true that. So, like I said, that was if in the perfect world Disney was being charitable and really wanted to fucking listen to the outcry. You God know? damn it. Like, I'm the last person that wants to say, like, oh, I'm so happy to see these go away. I want Charlie Cox back as Daredevil in season four. I, they were, you know, the fucking, uh, what, what this, this, uh, actor Marcy, this actor that plays Marcy, you know, Foggy's girlfriend was talking about how amy rutberg she was talking about how she had plans they had plans for her character to marry foggy in a future season like they had they had a whole season planned out for daredevil season four like i'm the last person that wants this to go away i fucking tupperware the fuck out of daredevil season three so you know me saying this stuff is not me trying to just say I wish I could I wish I could just get on here and say, yeah, there's a chance. There's not. This is not like this is yeah. not, uh, you know, there's no chance. I don't think there's any. I think there is a zero percent chance of the of us ever seeing any of these actors playing these characters again post Netflix. Zero percent. Zero. I mean, I, I'm not much different than you. I, I'd give it. I'd give it 20 percent. Zero percent. Zero percent for me. I, and, and if I'm wrong, I, I'm happy to be wrong. I am. I am so happy to be wrong. I will be. I will get on here and be like, "Oh my god! Thank God I was wrong!" Because I want these fucking characters back. I love these characters, but I don't think that we're getting it. I really don't. I think the odds are stacked against them. It sounds like Charlie Cox has said goodbye. You know, it sounds like. Um, uh, the actress that plays Karen uh, has said – it sounds like they all have said goodbye to these characters. And it's just a matter of time before we say goodbye to Jessica Jones and possibly punish her, probably punish her. Yeah, it definitely seems like the writing's on the wall for all of that. I agree. I agree. I wish I could be hopeful. I just don't see it. I hope I'm wrong. DC News. I'll play the bumper. Last night. Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. Hey, we're getting uh, exclusive from Variety here. We're getting Joel McHale and Starman in DC Universe. Hey, Neil, DC Universe, you've been watching Titans, Stargirl. Now we're getting Joel McHale. I love Joel McHale. Any more Joel McHale for me... Give me more Joel McHale. Like, I'm, I don't know anything about Stargirl, but I want this. This is great. Uh, I agree. Uh, anytime I can get more Joel McHale, I am down for it. And the, the Titans universe seems to be working well. Um, so if he's joining that universe, I am down for it. Yeah. Hey, uh, Neil, did you see Assassination Nation? I did not. Man. Joel McHale's in that movie. He plays a very dark character. He can go dark. So if they need... I, I believe it. Yeah. If they need him to go dark in this series, I can see that happening. But uh, Stargirl centers on Courtney Whitmore, a high school sophomore who inspires an unlikely group of young heroes 
to stop the villains of the past. The series comes from executive producers Greg Berlanti, Jeff Johns, and Sarah Schechter, based on DC comic book characters created by Jeff Johns. Johns, who launched the comic book, who launched his comic book career when he created the character of Stargirl back in 1999, inspired by his late sister, is set to write the premiere episode. Johns will also serve as showrunner on this one, and um, the role that worries me a little bit. He's done a great job with Titans. Is he the showrunner in Titans? No, he's not the showrunner as far as I know, but he is highly involved. Uh, I'd have to check. I don't know if he is the showrunner or not. That's a good I, I don't think he is. And, and like showrunning and being the creative force behind something are very different things. And I, I think that you have to have two separate people doing those two things in order to make things work. Nah, yeah, that's a great point. It's like, um, look at what's happened with The Walking Dead for most yeah. of those seasons with the wrong showrunner in the in the in the in there. So, yeah, it's a good point. But um, so, yeah, so I, I mean, I love Jeff Johns's mind. I, I I think that he he is a brilliant, brilliant human being, and his his creative visions should be put on the screen. But I don't, I don't know if he is well equipped to become an actual showrunner of things. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm not going to argue. I agree. Yeah, it's a great point. Like he hasn't proven himself on the theatrical front yet. So what's to say he's going to do it here either? Yeah. Yeah, but I'll take Joel McHale as uh, yeah, Starman. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't wait. I think he'll be really fun in a very comic booky setting, right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Starman is a member of the Justice Society of America. He wields a mysterious anti-gravity weapon called the Cosmic Staff and has a longtime sidekick named Stripesy, who is better known as Courtney Whitmore's stepfire, uh, stepfather, Pat Dugan. So, yeah, I'm... Wait, so his staff is a person? He wields a mysterious anti-gravity weapon called the Cosmic Staff and... Has a longtime sidekick oh, named okay. Stripesy. It's not like. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. His, I got for a second. He wields a cosmic <laughs> staff named Stripesy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we've got another Swamp Thing casting. This news comes from THR. Ian Zeering is leaving Beverly Hills for the swamps of Louisiana. So. Oof. Yeah, he, oh, gross. This is bad news. Oh, you know what? I I is want it? it. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Love it. I, it, I, it I seems was like Swamp I'm Things the thing I was most. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Swamp Things the thing I was most excited for, right? And I don't want. This seems like campy casting. Well, uh, he's. Uh, well, I mean, it's worked out quite well. I think with uh, the Doom Patrol episode where we got Brendan Fraser. As Robot Man, um, I thought he did a great job. Uh, yeah, I put Brendan Fraser like three tiers credibility above Ian Ziering. Yeah, I, I, I like Brendan Fraser way more than Ian Ziering. Oh fuck, I've met Ian Ziering. He's a fucking dick, but like, I <laughs> he is. He's a fucking asshole. He's a fucking prick. But like, I you know we'll see what he does with this character. He's playing. Um, uh, Blue Devil. Uh, he's uh, let's see here. 
Uh, he's been in uh, Sharknado. The series now in production stars Crystal Reed as Abby Arcane, a young woman who investigates what seems to be a deadly swamp-borne virus in a small town in Louisiana, but soon discovers that the swamp holds mystical and terrifying secrets. Zering will be recurring guest star as DC character Blue Devil, a stuntman-turned-hero who fights occult evil. The Warner series described the character as stuntman-turned-movie star, Daniel Cassidy became semi-famous after playing the demonic Blue Devil, but now, eight years later, Cassidy finds himself living out his days in frustration, pining for his former fame while on a collision course with Destiny. I think that sounds like Iron Zeering. Like he was, <laughs> you know what I mean? He was, he was, sounds a little like Ghost Rider too. Um, um, <laughs> it's a it's a character yeah, from the I comics. Yeah, I toss this with every fiber of my being. I'm really disappointed to hear this actually. I don't. I think he should have been cast as King Shark in something because he did Sharknado. Personally, cast him in. Oh, that, gosh, that's even worse than what they're doing now, right? <laughs> what do you mean? If they're doing it just for the zeitgeist. That's kind of weird and stupid. But if he can't get any work, then yeah, fuck it. I don't know. It's like I. I, I, I... I, I don't know, like what you got, like what? Who do you want them to cast as Blue Devil? Fucking Daniel Day Lewis? I don't, I don't, I don't care enough to no. worry. About <laughs> he just brings a specific gravitas to it that kind of gives it a bad smell to me already before I've even seen it. So uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I we'll see. I mean, I'm not a fan of Ian Ziering by any stretch. Don't get me wrong, but I'm willing to give this a chance and see how it works out because, like. I uh, I like Brendan Fraser, but I was just like, oh my gosh, Brendan Fraser is Robot Man and all this stuff, and I was like, the, let's see how this it, Doom Patrol works out, and it's worked, man. I don't know, we'll see. If they incorporate the meta aspect to it, then I'm down. But if they're just kind of gonna ignore it, then that's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. You want the Sharknado acknowledgement? Yeah, I hate yeah. you, Neil. <laughs> No, it, it, it's because because he is such a part of our cultural life. Why not acknowledge it? You know. Yeah, why not? If you're going to cast him in something, just make make it for a reason. Don't be a dick about it. Yeah, I mean, Swamp Thing's still the DC show I'm most excited for on the streaming service because it's the character I definitely like the most of the announced shows so far. And it's unfortunate that this kind of brings a bad smell. Have, have you watched Titans at all, Jake? Um, I've watched the first episode. I actually thought it was quite good. I was impressed with the fight choreography a lot, too. Yeah, it, it's really fucking good. I, um, I got to watch. I, I, I got to catch up. I'm sorry. I, I got to catch up. I'm three episodes behind. I just want to listeners. To, a lot of listeners have been like reaching out to me about Titans recently. And I just want to let you know I am three episodes behind, but I do plan on catching up before the finale. So go ahead, Neil. I'm sorry. No, it, 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 like I was super skeptical, as I said on this show months ago. Um, we Because... We, we, the first time I was on the show, we, we talked about the trailer and how... Yes! 
Yeah. Maybe it wasn't really as dark as it seemed it was going to be. It was just maybe a dream or something yeah. like that. Yeah. No, it's just fucking dark as it, it seems. And yep. it's perfect. It, Titans is one of the best shows I've ever seen as far as a comic book show goes. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. It, it is. It is. It is amazing. It rivals um, anything Netflix did with Daredevil. It really oh yeah. does. It really does. Totally. Wow. To- totally. It, it, it is It is up there with some of the best comic book re- representation that's ever been established because it is so dark, but it also has it has the humor. Yeah. But it's not forced. Jake, uh, Jake, get to episode four with the Doom Patrol. I promise you. I promise you, Jake. It is so good. Yeah, I really liked it. Like so good. And I was kind of like, you know, you know me with the DC stuff. I'm just so weathered to it, not having much quality. But I was really impressed with the first episode. Like it was, it was very easy to not have phone disease and just sit there and scroll through social media. Yeah. And I sat there and like watched the whole, the whole thing. Hey, was well, even, Neil, by it. Neil, even last time I was on, we talked about DC giving yeah. me battered wife syndrome. Oh, that's right. And, we did. And this is great. <laughs> Neil, well, it's star, Starfire, it's funny. Starfire is hot as fuck. Oh my God. And oh I, my god! And I I mean that both literally and figuratively. Yes, like, exactly. She and she is in charge of her own her own self, and it's like this is this is everything I could have ever wanted from a DC show. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh god, and it's so good. It's amazing. Like <laughs> I, I I will splatter this with my cum. The- as yes. much as possible. Exactly. It's so good. Yes. Seriously. You know what's funny is it kind of backfired for me how much I enjoyed the first episode, right? Because like I, I watched it. I didn't plan on being like entrapped by it and not doing anything else. And then I was like, oh, okay. You know, when I watch this again, I got to be where I'm not doing anything else and not fucking with my phone or fucking with some other game or something. And so now I never have that time. You I know? got that. Okay. I get that. <laughs> it's it's so fucking good. You gotta fucking watch it, man. Yeah, the Hawking, like, I, I Hawking signed Dove. up for the fucking service so I could watch this show, mm-hmm. and I because I wanted to reward them for making such a good show. The Hawk and Dove episode was great. Oh. And then, like, I thought that it wouldn't get any better, and then we and got the, did. Then we got the Doom Patrol episode, and then you know, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, the next episode that I am three episodes behind right now, and I'm ashamed that I'm that far behind. That's the farthest I've ever behind on, been behind on this show because I absolutely love it. But I'm, it's going to be a fun binge when I do get to sit yeah, down yeah. and just, like, knock these out. So, Yeah, for sure. It really, it really, Jake, it, it really is a great fucking show. It is. Um, it, it's up there. I, I mean – I love Daredevil season one. I love Daredevil season three. Jason fucking Todd, people. Yes. <laughs> He's oh such a little douchebag. Oh, I, I love him. Loved it. I love him. I love him. I love him. Perfect <laughs> casting. Great casting. Oh, perfect. Like, you hate him so much. Yeah. And he's so perfect because he's such a little dick. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, guys, that's all. I have nothing else. That is it. That is the whole show. That's all you're getting. That's the whole kit and goddamn caboodle, people. <laughs> oh, shit. 
Oh, shit. It's triple steak burger time, then. <laughs> Jake's excited. You know, you know, I, it was a fun episode. You know what? I, yeah. You know, where I went today and I got a burger. I love a good burger. I went to Portillo's and got a burger today, Jake. I loved Portillo's. Oh, God. Sure. Yeah. Portillo's is so good. I don't even. Everything is so good right now. I got I, their double burger and then I got their uh, crinkle fries. Crinkle fries. I, they have really good crinkle fries. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, they have a delicious breaded chicken sandwich, too. You wouldn't think that that would be something that they would do good at. But uh, even that is just so good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. I like a good burger. I like to eat a good burger. So I was just like, yeah, I'll go to Portillo's and do that. Uh, me, I'm a big Five Guys guy when I want to do the burger. I love my yeah, go-to. I was, it, was between, it was between Portillo's and Five Guys. But I just yeah. have a problem. Portillo's, saying, man. I have a problem saying to myself, it's, it's "I'm a local gonna, thing." I have a problem saying to myself, "I'm going to go do Five Guys." <laughs> That's why you say it out loud, so you're not saying it to yourself. <laughs> oh, there was, I just there's t- a, I just a restaurant right down the street from the hostel <laughs> I stayed at last time I was there, which yeah. I'm staying out again. And they had a great Chicago pizza, which was like the best, best. Chicago pizza deep dish I could ever ever asked for. Mm. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh man, yeah. There's uh, fuck you, Rebecca. Yeah. I love Chicago pizza. What the fuck? Oh, oh casserole. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pizza casserole. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I, I love pizza in all its forms. Exactly. Deep dish, thin crust. Yeah. If it's a pizza, it's a pizza. The pizza's pizza. It doesn't it's matter. Amazing. All pizza can be created equal. You know who mm-hmm. makes a shit pizza? So if you're going to go to the store and buy a frozen pizza, do you know who makes the worst frozen pizza of all time? Totino's? No. I, I would eat a Totino's over what I'm going to say. Mm, Jack's? No, I would eat a Jack's over what I'm going to say. California Pizza Kitchen. Tony's? No. You're all wrong. Home run in. Have you ever eaten a home oh, run in wow. pizza? Oh wow, they're they're a high profile one. Wait, Jerry. what? I've never heard of that. Home run in is garbage, Jake. Yeah, that's like a, we sell a shit ton of those. They're terrible, terrible pizza. It's so it's it, it, they might as well soak these things in like uh, fucking salt. It's it's got so much sodium and salt in it. Ugh. It's disgusting. The same people that make the home run in also make the Geno's East pizzas. If you've seen those on the shelf too, it's actually the same maker yeah. and distributor. I like if I get a frozen pizza, my go-to if I have the choice is Connie's pizza. Hmm. Connie's pizza is so good. We have, have a, that one frozen. We have a place out here um, that does Chicago-style pizza called Old Chicago. And it the the restaurant is is based in an old whorehouse. It's an oh, old wow. that's brick building. That's, that's an old whorehouse, and so they make Chicago style pizza there. That's kind of cool. Um, I, I kind of want to stick my dick in one of those pizzas. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so oh man, pizza is not Chicago style. It's it's like you know it, it, that it's hurt. No, Jake, <laughs> Jake, not not right out of the oven, bro. Not right out of Never the oven. That, 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 that's how it should end. Dude, not right out of the oven, bro. Like I'm talking I'm talking like, Sorry to interrupt Neil, but I started thinking about that. No, man. 
there's there's that point where there's that point where like you have it sitting out for a while and it's like it's it's warm it's still warm but it's not like piping hot <laughs> but like you put your dick and like once your dick kind of like gets like go, it pops through that cheese layer dude that's that's dude that's the moment right there bro like that I, I mean putting your dick in a pizza kind of changes the entire argument of which is the better pizza right like it's I think just like you have to just submit to it's the Chicago deep end. Well, you know, you you have to reevaluate yourself as a person and you have to like think to yourself like I'm fucking a pizza. I'm a man. I am having sex with a pizza. Like this is where my life has gone to. Like that's uh, that's that's a fucked up moment in a guy's life. Well, does that pizza have pineapples on it? I like. Uh, I think if the pineapples have rings, it might enhance it. I like pineapple pizza. Oh, I do too. I'm, I'm a big fan of pineapple Throw pizza. Throw on some Canadian bacon, some fucking pineapple, and I'm I'm good to go. I like that. I, I, I had a pizza the other night that was uh, regular bacon and pineapple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah regular I bacon, was, pineapple. I was single digit years old the last time I ate a pizza. Really? Yeah. I'm wow. highly lactose intolerant, and it's oh, just I just stopped okay. eating it altogether. That makes so sense. The, the only thing I cheat for is ice cream occasionally, and I have to have the day off work. But yeah, uh, cheese is one of the best things in the world. What about what about Oberweiss? Can you drink Oberweiss milk? No, I can't really drink it either. Wow, I could drink that. Fair what is that? Milk. It has to be lactose free. Oberweiss is still has lactose in it, I believe. Yeah. What is Oberweiss? Oberweiss is a t- it's a brand of milk and it's pasteurized differently. So some people that are lactose intolerant can still drink Oberweiss milk. Huh. They make they make the best eggnog if that's your thing during Christmas. Oh, seek, out a, seek out a glass bottle of Oberweiss eggnog. Oh their, my god. Their glass uh their uh chocolate milk is amazing. Yeah, their products they they make good stuff. That's yeah, for sure. Oberweiss makes really good shit. I think that's a Midwest thing because I've never ever seen that out here. It might be. It used love, to be home delivery. I love how this podcast has turned into pizza, and <laughs> I'm sure our yeah. listeners are just fucking hanging on our every word. Like, I'm just oh. excited to. To come out there in March, and I can't eat wait to see. I can't wait to see you again, Neil. You son of a bitch! I had. Oh, yeah. You were you were you're a fun fucking guy to hang out with. Thank you, thank you. No, I I fucking loved hanging out with you guys, and I can't wait to watch some weird ass fucking twenties cereals. Oh my god, that bar that we went to, that fucking bar we went to, blew my goddamn mind. Go there again for, for are we? Are we? I haven't looked at the spreadsheet yet. Oh, oh, you have to look Spo- at Spoilers. You guys, like, like, hold on. I'm letting our listeners know. Like, you have not lived until you've gotten drunk with fucking Neil and Rebecca. Like, that's like, that's like, that's. And Leo. Hashtag. And Jesse. Hashtag life goals right there. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty intense. <laughs> Me and Rebecca. Well, we fucking when that we, fucking trivia, Jake. Oh, my oh yeah, that was hilarious. The trivia game was fun. Hey, uh, me and Rebecca stacking the glass bot, like the <laughs> the glass, the glasses. Oh my god, that was insane. Me, oh, oh god, that was so nuts. 
<laughs> oh man in classic style i filmed it up until the moment it fell like yeah. the minute i hit stopped on the town the record is when it all crumbled down oh my Whoa. god so much fun all right guys just like all good leftover neil thank you so much <laughs> For, well, thank you for having me again. Absolutely, dude. I loved having you on. I did not have a guest lined up for this week, and you messaged. Well, you messaged. I'm glad me. that I reached out to you. I am so glad that you did because, like, I was going. I was just like, "Fuck!" I would just do an episode with Jake. It'll be like a classic episode. And then you reached out to me, and I was like, "Thank God, I don't have to just sit around and talk to Jake the whole time." <laughs> you know oh I mean? yeah, yeah. That's it's the worst. Yeah, Neil, you're great. You're like my fourth favorite guest we have. <laughs> well, glad. But I glad. I- I'm glad I can make the top five. Honestly, I think I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with number one for Neil. Oh wow! wow. Oh, thank you, sir. I'm going number one for Neil. You make me feel your your comfort food. You make me feel like I'm at home. I feel like seriously. I feel like I'm at Olive Garden every time I fucking talk to you, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah. It's family. I had him at two. <laughs> I had him at two until very recently. It was until he wanted Sharknado references and Swamp Thing, and then I dropped him to four. <laughs> I can look past that. I, I can. I you know. Neil is my Olive Garden. He's family, and I gotta accept that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can't, you can't well, choose you your family. You know what I mean? And that's Neil. Mm-hmm. Neil's my fucking family. I love. He's yeah. my. You're my fam, baby. All right. Well, I'm glad to be part of the fam. I'm not just saying that. Like you think people say, "Oh, Brian's just saying he's number one because you're just saying that for this for this little fucking bullshit." No, Neil's my number one. Well, thank you, sir. I'm sorry, Neil. Four is just outside of my family. <laughs> I, I stop it. I stop it at three. Hey, Neil. Neil, would you rather be? Would you rather be? Would you rather be a Brian number one or a Jake number one? Ooh. Oh, I know. On the spot. <laughs> On the spot. <laughs> On the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what? You know what? You know, no, 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 you, no, no. You are my. Listen here. Listen here. Listen here. Listen here. You're my number one. You don't have to answer that. You're my number one. You don't have to answer you that. You always want what you, what you, what's harder to achieve, I think, exactly. is the, is the, the, is the is psychology free, here. Right? Oh, you want Jake? You want to be Jake's number one? Oh my god. He's already got you, your no. number one. Can you, like, can you imagine? I've already achieved everything I could ever yeah. hope to achieve. I know, but yeah, can you like can you imagine like trying to like live up to Jake's number one all the time every oh, week? Boy, god damn. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. The, the fucking the fucking rigmarole that that motherfucker will put okay, you through. Now that you put it that way, then no, I don't want to ever be Jake's number one. Just relax. Yeah, I'm basically like Jigsaw at that point. Yeah, exactly. Every week you got your fucking nutsack and a device and you don't know what's going to happen. You know, with me, your nutsack is just totally comfortable. You're free balling it every week, baby. It feels and good. It- it may change every week, but I'm okay with it for one week at a time. Yeah, I love having Neil on. Neil, you put me in a good mood. You're just good people, and you, you I don't know, you get me, you get me feeling good. It's weird. It's like it's almost like I'm getting like a handy the entire episode. <laughs> you know, no wonder you were so distracted early on. I got some strong ass hands, so that that can happen. <laughs> wow! As long as <laughs> as long as they're smooth, I like a nice firm grip, but I don't want the calluses. I, you know, I yeah, don't, I don't need that. to feel like it's going through a goddamn cheese grater. You know what I mean? I like a nice firm grip. I like a nice firm lover. 
but I don't want to feel like it's going through a cheese grater. You know what I mean? I, I don't want to feel like, you know, like, like, uh, yeah, Shredder is, uh, from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Give me a hand job. Hey, Neil, thanks again. Um, are you ever going to podcast again as far as like a solo thing or like doing your own thing? Uh, no, we, we, we decided to, to not do that because we like to actually talk to each other in real life. And yeah. we were sick of not doing that and waiting for the podcast every time. It, mm. was, it, it, it was a thing. Yeah. Um, you can talk. About I, I mean, you can talk I'm about doing it. a lot of theater and whatnot. So it, yeah. it's it's I have very little time. Well, we love having you on here, and our, I know our listeners do too. So we'll have you back. Well, thank you. Thank and even you. Yeah, they, I, I have some time until June. Yeah. <laughs> and even if they don't, <laughs> fuck them, right? You're my. Yeah, what does that stop us on anything? <laughs> You're my number one. You're my number one. I want you to. I want you to. When you lay your head down. On the pillow. No, I'm going to think about that tonight when I, I, yes. when I pass the fuck out. Uh huh. I want you. I want that to be like the last little thought that enters your fucking brain. <laughs> I'm Brian's number one. I'm Brian's right. number one. I I want you to pin like 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 a little fucking like blue ribbon in your brain. You're, you're number I'll one. Just, I'll stick a pin into my head. Yeah. How about that? Brian's number one. That's me. <laughs> That's me. I want you to feel. I want you to feel good about it. I want you to feel good about it. I want like I want a smile on your little fucking face when you go to bed tonight. Oh, my face is ain't that little. That was gonna be my next comment. And see, the thing is, <laughs> thanks, Jake. <laughs> every guest that we have on going forward, I want them to come in with the knowledge that they got some work to do. <laughs> They're not my number one. They've got to. You got to step up your game. All right, because Neil, Neil, Neil is setting the goddamn bar. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. If people think I'm bullshitting right now, no, this is one hundred percent true. Neil is setting that bar, and when you come on here, you got to raise it a little bit because Neil. I mean, you're on another stratosphere, my man. <laughs> the Neil tier. <laughs> well, I, I try and bring something different every time, I, and it's only going to get weirder every I don't, time. You know, I, every time, every time, you, whatever, whatever you're bringing, I'm loving it. I'm loving. All right, it. I'm like that's, that's a that's a McDonald's slogan. I'm, I went from Olive Garden. I'm loving it to McDonald's, and I'm loving it. All right, hey, just like all Jake, thanks a lot for showing up like you do every week. Um, just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you too, Jake. Fuck it. And just yeah, like whatever. Yeah, what, <laughs> uh, just <laughs> and just like all good leftovers say on their doggy backs. Thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We will see you next week with episode two hundred and sixty-four. We're going to be talking about Aquaman. Probably going to have a bonus episode for Bumblebee. We'll see you next week. Later. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless.
But I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. Have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushover, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture, pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.